Blog Talk Radio. The Net Live is brought to you by the Spire Institute, integrating sports and education, training and learning, performance and competition like no place on earth. SpireInstitute.org. Now, on with the show. It's that time. We have the people. This is Eric from Moana. This is Priscilla Lima. This is Casey Patterson. The story in real time. We're a much better team now than we were then. I'm not looking at just this year. I'm looking at the next four years. You're listening to The Net Line with Barney. You didn't win, so you must not have done a good job. Peter. There's no better angle for sure uh, than the one from behind. Reed. All this travel and playing and priorities been really getting in the way of our relationship. And DJ Ruscha. I have great thighs. It's The Net Live right now. I'm not sure I'm comfortable with hearing about your thighs every Monday, Jeremy. I mean, I get to see them. Come on, stand up. I'm not comfortable cool. seeing you every Monday. How about that? <laughs> Welcome to the Net Live, ladies and gentlemen. Kevin Barnett joined by Touché. Jeremy Ruche. Jeremy Touche. And uh, Chris McGee sitting in once again. Hi. Oh, so it's a full home court. We Hi. still don't know what Reed Pretty's up to other than he is he's in Turkey. He didn't he made it there. He, he made did. it there. He's had some matches, we think. Uh, he says like he says he's having a good time, but I have not heard much else about Reed Pretty and his experience in Turkey. These guys have been busy since they got over there, every one of them. I see a lot of Facebook updates of guys, hey, going to this town, going to that town, big match coming up, Champions League and so on. Heather Bound was in I think Finland for a while, and then she went over, or pre, pre-season pre Finland, and then over to Russia. She's now in Germany, I think, playing. Seen Matt Denmark there in Friedrichshafen. Can you explain the overseas season to me? Okay, here's the how it People works. go all times of the year, and I never understand when it starts and when it ends. Starts in October, more or less, and then goes all the way through April or May. June for some of the women's leagues is crazy. Like the Italian women's league, sometimes is the second week of June. Which so when guys go there in impressive. September, they're practicing, like yeah. they're training, getting ready. Yeah, lots of times if you're not a national team athlete, if you're not a guy who's participating in national team, you're probably going over there end of August, early September, preseason for three weeks, four weeks, training camp like it is here. Mm-hmm. Then you're going into season, and the season is long. The season, if you are in just a regular league team, you will play probably once a week, occasionally twice a week. You might have a little time off at Christmas, perhaps. More likely, you'll go and play some Christmas tournament somewhere. That's the more likely scenario. If you are a national team player, many times you will, in today's world, go over for a couple of weeks, come home, train with the national team for a week and a half, two weeks, then go play a tournament with the national team because it's World Cup or World Championships, and you'll play that for two weeks. So you're gone for a month, then you're back, and you stay there from December 1st till the end of the season. What was the biggest contract you ever had? I don't know if I can answer that in today's terms. <laughs> a tenth of some of the, the contracts that are being signed now. How about that? Unbelievable. A tenth. Think about that. Could have added a zero. Same job. Same level. Not any better in my career. Just the same. Ten times the money. Ten X. That's a lot. That's a lot. On the show today, we're going to have lots of discussions about a variety of different topics. You can count on us going off the rails and talking about volleyball and non-volleyball-related items. I think one of the things we need to touch on is Lance Armstrong. We'll talk about him and the developments in the last 12 days that have gone on with his situation, which has been developing for, oh, I don't know, 
10 years, 15 years, finally coming to a crashing conclusion. We'll have Todd Rogers. He will be on the program today, the professor. Guiding us with wisdom. He flew back from Hawaii just to be on the show. You have to watch the piece he just put up. Well, Matt Gardhoff put it up for him. And, Jeremy, you might want to go click on that now. I mean, it's only about 40 seconds long. It's on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the live. You want to go check out this piece. You have 40 seconds to get a little chuckle. Can I ask a question? Did Todd play in that tournament? What was that tournament? There's something happened in Hawaii this weekend. It was an exhibition. Dave Williams told me all about it. An NBC uh, deal, right? Yeah. Between China and the U.S. Yeah, Phil and Todd were there. Jen and April were there, I believe. In China. Yeah. Kerry was doing the broadcast. Gotcha. And was Misty in Hawaii? Was she there? She was on vacation in Hawaii recently. Mm-hmm. but Yeah, I didn't know a whole lot about this uh, exhibition. Someone call in who, who knows a lot who about her who was there. It's going to be televised later, correct? Yes. It's not yes. televised yes. this uh, weekend, but sometime Echo later. Echo Entertainment. Uh, our guys. So who's doing play-by-play if Kerry's doing color? I want to say Wong was out there. Marlo's going to voice it over. Okay. So they had Kerry out there doing reports or something? She was in the booth. She's in the booth? How's yeah, Marlo going to voice it over? That's going to be odd. Yeah, I don't know. I could be wrong. All right. Somebody she was definitely who saw in the booth, though. It. Somebody who saw it, let us know what happened with that. And click over to the Facebook page and check out, check out Matt Gardhoff's new work. Fantastic, funny new video. And uh, Matt Gardhoff recently named to the national team. Sent a jersey. I saw that. Kevin <laughs> Wong and Chris Marlowe. Honorary member. Who sent him the jersey? Uh, USA Volleyball, I believe. Really? Yeah. Awesome. I think because of his efforts with the VolbyQ and his mm-hmm. support for the team and the efforts, yeah. Did he, um, is he like the backup libero or outside hitter? Like, what does he know? No, he's actually, he said he's going to push Rich out. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's actually going he to be the starter. He's the starter. Yeah, he doesn't want to make the roster. This is a man who achieves. You know, he doesn't. Yeah, no doubt. He doesn't want to get in and just kind of suck. He wants to get after it. Awesome. Good Did you enjoy him. the video? Did you just watch I'm, it? I was communicating with one of our fans on the on the uh, chat room. So All right, yeah, we need to put that put that link up there on the chat room. Somebody needs to throw it up there from the Facebook page. I got it because Chris can't do it. Question question becomes: uh, Do you want to call Carrie Carrie Walsh or Carrie Jennings or Carrie Walsh Jennings? I don't want to call her anything with a hyphen. I'm either. down on hyphens. <laughs> Me too. I'm so down on them. Quote Mariner, who is an outside hitter for Arizona State. I, I don't want to say Tuoti Mariner. Sorry. I think it's Nora. Tuoti Mariner. Just your Mariner. <laughs> I know it's your name. I get it that it's your name. It's too much for television. Yeah. Although I end up saying Tuoti Mariner a bunch. Because it's in big letters and I read it whatever's on my sheet. So, no big deal. Like Jeremy Johnson Roche. I am not going to justify that with a response. He'd be JJR, not to be confused with CCR. I don't like either of you. How about Lance Armstrong? How about how about the debacle? I saw Oakley that is just Lance dropped Armstrong. him. So so who's dropped him so far? Nike, everyone. Yep. Live strong. Yep. Oakley, those yep. are his main. There were a couple others I read about last week when the big news came out. Nike, Nike dumped him. People were making the point that if Nike dumps you. It's big trouble. It's the end. And the way Nike did it, too. They were the first ones, weren't they? Yeah. And did you see? I mean, what they said. Yeah, they're like, uh, you're out. They said, he, we have been deceived for more than a decade. That means he's never coming back to Nike. Ever. 
I mean, this is a company that stood by Kobe through the whole trial. Here's the differences between Tiger. Kobe and Tiger. Tiger. Those were domestic issues. This was a sports issue. Well, true. I'm not saying those weren't sports issues, but they still had to go. Nike didn't say anything until these papers came out. You don't think that they had suspicion before now? They had suspicion, but I think this confirmed everything. Because, of course, they have Lance, this guy they've worked with and known for 10, 15 years, in their ear saying, no, it's fine. You know, No, it didn't happen. I'm clean, man. I'm clean. It's like a vast conspiracy, so on and so forth. They had to have their suspicions, but he still had value as a brand. Of course. Now, let's be honest. If Nike dropped everyone who maybe cheated on a spouse, would they even have <laughs> – You couldn't be, support the sports. Athletes? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean I'm, just, I'm not trying to be – no, I'm with you. You, you can't ass. be a sports marketing saying, company. I mean, yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, that's you know, Tiger did what he did, and you, and, and you can make you can judge him all you want. Uh, he did what he did at Denny's at 4 a.m. Yeah, in I mean, the parking lot. Carrows, yeah, I mean, maybe wasn't it Carrows? You know, everyone can judge. Uh, you know, you live your own life, whatever. But Lance is a whole nother ball game. I mean, to cheat the sport, drugs. I just think that's uh, well, pretty amazing. Guy made a lot of money, man. He did beat cancer. Okay, and he's no done good question for about cancer. it. And he has done some. He's tired of that caveat. Well, he's raised a lot of money for cancer. He I'm not has. Tired, I'm, yeah, I mean, it's I'm a, not. I'm not tired of him. I mean, saying that hey, he he beat cancer. He did a lot of good things. He was an inspiration to a lot of people. But in terms of winning seven straight uh, titles and all the money he made personally, that I got a problem with. Yeah, and and that sport is flawed, man. That sport, I mean, is that even a sport anymore? That's what they were saying. Is joke. that they're not going to replace his name in the record books? They're just going to leave it. They're going to leave it as it was. And one of the reasons they gave was that the sport was so dirty that even the guy who would get elevated because you took Lance's name out, he's probably dirty too. Yeah, most of those guys from that era have all tested positive at one point or another. And I guess Lance didn't figure on the, on the fact that. We have a new technology called refrigeration. I don't know if you knew about this. This is a new technology just came around, refrigeration and freezing. And those samples that you give back in 1997, or you gave back in 1997, right? Those are still around, Lance. They have new testing methods. They're going to pull it out, and they're going to look at it. Yeah, anybody else watch 979 ESPN 30 for 30? I did. Yeah, good one. Mm-hmm. About Ben Johnson. Yeah, they pulled the samples from '84, back in this is what probably early '90s. They went back and pulled a bunch of samples from '84, not just of the hundred meters, like all the Olympic athletes, all the Olympic athletes, mm-hmm. and they started finding things. And the doctor, the guy from UCLA, who's kind of the, the father of modern doping control, said, "We just had to stop because you don't want to know." Well, you'd open Pandora's box at that point. It just—it would be insane. They did say though some of the things they tested for then are legal now. Well, that's true too. That's true too. Apparently, Cam Kerr very up on the Lance Armstrong situation. Nike, Oakley, Trek bikes, Bush, Twenty Four Hour Fitness, and Honey Stinger have all Honey Stinger. Honey what is that? Stinger. No idea. Have all dropped. I've heard of Honey Boo Boo. Haven't heard of Honey Stinger. Honey Badger. They've all yeah, dropped. All honey Badger don't care. All of his. Sponsors are gone. They are gone. Look at him. Now he's eating a snake. Nasty. <laughs> I mean, Honey Badger don't Can I ask care? you this question? Do you care that all of the bicycle athletes are cheating? Every single one of them. I don't 
really care about the sport. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. Yeah. There, I, I have friends that really care about it. Yeah. So uh, for me, like personally, I don't wake up thinking about it. It does bother me. I did meet him one time. You don't wake up in the middle of the uh, night. What? And I, yeah, no, and mm-hmm. I, I mean, I barely met him. I was in a, a, a watching that SC Texas National Championship in 04, mm-hmm. or 05, excuse me. And Ooh, he came into one. the booth, the Gatorade booth where we were at. And uh, it, it, he had a leather jacket on, and he thought he was Captain Awesome. And the only guy he talked to was Jordan. And he really did think he was very, very, very cool. And I, I remember going, I always heard he was kind of an ass, and, and, and he kind of seemed like he was. So for me, I'm bothered how he acted when he won the titles – how much money he got, uh, how he kind of cheated, I think, the public that way. But, like, personally, like, everyone cheating in cycling, I, it doesn't bother me because I don't really care. But, yeah, it, it bothers me in sports like baseball because I care about baseball and stuff like that. Like, you know, I was working with a guy named Mark Gubaza this year, and he's like, man, yeah, it, it deep down it does bother me. He's like, I don't know who was doing it. I never rat on anyone doing it. I didn't even know it was around when I was playing because, you know, when he was playing – you know, he played in the 80s all the way through the you know or, uh, late 90s, but it, it was like you know you start looking back as a pitcher going well. Well, that guy started to light me up. He said Palmero. He used to own Rafael Palmero, and all of a sudden later in his career he's getting lit up by him. Yeah. And he used to always wonder I I can't get anything by him anymore. Well, he was doing steroids. So I think as like you know when you're playing that sport or something and you get and you see guys cheating and they're playing on an uneven field, yeah, it taints it for me. Yeah, it bothers. It, it does bother me. What about? Or let me play devil's advocate here. What if? Because I think at this point, pro sports is entertainment. Yeah, it's not, not WWE as, yet. Not as much as WWE for sure, but it is entertainment because everybody's making so mm-hmm. much money off of it. What if everybody was doing it? Well, that became the question with, but here's the with thing. baseball. The thing, I, the thing about that. pro sports and pro athletes when you watch it at the NBA level, the NFL level, the NHL level, stuff like that. You know, you admire these guys because they can do what you can't do. These women, these men, they're phenomenal at mm-hmm. their sport. They entertain you. But you start to think, well, God, what if I started doing cycles? Could I? You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't make them special anymore in the eyes of the public. But there are. It, it, it actually makes doesn't. them. The substance makes them more special. Yeah. You're already special. Yeah, you're already. Yeah, you already have a special gift. The problem becomes, and and you know, I hate when people turn everything into about the kids. But this That's literally true. has a correlation yeah, 100%. to kids where Mark McGuire looks like a beast. Uh, he just looks like uh, a gorilla, for lack of a better term. When he was bulked up, wow, he's huge. he looked like a silverback with a bat. I mean, the bat looked like a little tiny stick. Yeah, It looked like it, Geter, if Geter picked up that broom over there, that's pretty much the, uh, the juxtaposition. For lack of a word, I can't think of it. It would be simpler than that. But that would be it. It looks like a little tiny thing in his hand mm-hmm. because he's yeah. that big. And what kids see is, i got to be that big. I want to be that big. I want to be that guy. How do I get to be that guy? Start asking around. The short-form answer is you know, Nandrolone or ketamine or whatever whatever the stuff is that you're going to have to take. Or the clear, you know. Uh, that that becomes the answer, and literally that does go all the way down to kids. And I know they've played the tragic stories of this or that kid who died and had went to roid rage and did whatever. I mean, those are again the outliers of a situation. The, the larger problem is long term health effects, the Lyle Alzado effects. They don't know that would go on to yet, kids, though. right? And and you could do steroids when you're 16 to 20. What's the effect of that when you're 52? Mm-hmm. 
because 52 is not that old. Nope. <laughs> and that's what will happen. Flojo. Lots of rumors about oh. Flojo. She died so early. Yeah. Florence Griffith Joyner. And everybody thinks she was on Royce because that was the era. Yeah. If you watch 979, that's what they're talking yeah. about. Everybody, basically. Everybody. everybody, minus a couple, were on. And the insinuation of the whole thing was that Carl Lewis, who I met at the Olympic Games. Well, he tested he positive was, at one point right before the Olympics. And for a substance that now is legal. Legal, but at the time it was not. But there was some... They he, buried it. Yeah, but at that time, though, they were like, well, there was some mishandling of the... Uh, Baloney. I'm just throwing it, just telling you what the well, 30 by 30 said. And the Ben Johnson situation where Carl Lewis's buddy is in there. I know, it's shady. In the testing room. No reason to be in the testing room. Carl Lewis's buddy is in there handing the beer to Ben Johnson before the test. Hmm. Did you see what Ben Johnson looked like at those Olympic Games? Yeah, he, fullback. <laughs> a big dude. He, I mean, he flew. Was, when he when he stood For that up, day and age, he was absolutely uh, – no one had ever seen anything And like shredded. Him. I mean, yeah. just absolutely shredded. When they put him on – I think it was Rome, when they like his breakout one, where he, he they got him on the podium and he was bending over. He was wearing like a super tight Adidas top, and you could just see it right then. I mean, it's one thing to watch him in a tank, you know, and okay, you see his arms and stuff. But to see somebody in clothes and you just see the bulk and like what he's doing – what he's doing to that fabric? He's so big. I mean, it bothers me that guys or women, whatever, can can do this, and all of a sudden they get a huge contract and they get millions and millions. Of right. They have no idea what it's like to be a teacher. Palmero's still living on that money. Yeah, a teacher because he, he hit 50. Coach, work in education, work in whatever field, and you're not, you know, you're making, you know. Well, that's where the issue. Fifty thousand dollars a year. Seventy-five thousand dollars a year. Especially as a younger kid, you're like, well. The only way I'm going to get millions of dollars, if I'm a good high school athlete, I have to do this to compete with the other guys that are all doing this as right. well. So it's a money issue that comes in, too. I personally believe that within 10 years, some form of steroids is going to be legal. Think so? Yeah. I don't think it's going to be or legal. Or so, maybe not steroids, but like a – if I could take – if my ankle's jacked up right now, and if the doctor said, you can take this for a week and your ankle will heal twice as fast as it would if you just stayed off of it, I'd be like, thank you. Yes. I'll take it right now. Well, that's the biggest thing about the PED. <laughs> I'll do that and today. Yeah, you would too. You're like, the biggest oh, thing about the PED is, is the recovery. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. You right. can get right after it the next day. You well, can lift why... the next yeah. day. You can feel like a Later million bucks. You know what that does for your psyche too? You just think you can conquer anything, and that's a big part of sports. What also bothers me, and I, always, I keep going back to baseball, but the decline of an athlete, we then, the public – and the media buries that guy. I mean, Ken Griffey Jr., you know what happened to him? He just got old. Right. And, and, and you can't hit 50 bombs anymore, but the guy so should good. be celebrated. Yeah. But he's not looked he's at maligned. as the Barry Bonds. Yeah. And, but he's he should be two or three on the list for being what he was, an unbelievable talent for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he faded out because he got old. I mean, I get hurt playing four-man at Marine. I mean, I, I'm dinged yeah. up. The next day, I'm, I'm yeah. hurting. Uh, it's more fun to celebrate a guy who's a complete ass. That's why it's called entertainment. I mean, the guy Bond is an it. ass. Griffey was always that, that kid with a smile, and I don't know either one of them personally, but the incidents and run-ins that they've had, right, with the media. Yeah. Ken Griffey ever had a huge incident run-in, acted like a complete jerk? I mean, I'm sure he had his moments. Yeah, I'm sure it's happened. Like, Not like Bond's. Bond. Such an, an ass to a lot of people. Oh. That, like it just comes around, and it, it's it's it's. I, I remember covering the Dodgers when Manny came over. But wait, wait. To your point though, before you go before you go yeah. Manny, to that point, what happened was Griffey didn't do anything, right? He didn't do yeah. steroids. 
So he gets maligned for lack of performance, even though he's a good guy. Bonds, who's a complete jerk, his performance goes way up because of the steroids. Yeah. He rises all the way up. Because it's entertainment. Yeah, and I mean... Manny. The thing is, like with Manny, I, I happened to be covering the Dodgers that year for Fox. So I, I, I'd be a reporter, and he came in, and I remember going, man... I've watched baseball for a long time. I don't think I ever saw a guy come and like change the team and single-handedly almost put a team on his back. They went to the playoffs, won a series against the Cubs, lost the Phillies. Well, that next offseason, Scott Boris, his agent, they basically held the Dodgers ransom. Yeah. I mean, $45 million for a whatever, 38-year-old, whatever he was, for two years. The guy played a handful of games the rest of his career. He got caught. Right. For PEDs. Twice, right? Twice. Right. He gets suspended. He comes back. He gets hurt. He doesn't care. Dude, that's robbery. He should not get paid that money. Boris should get suspended. He knew. You know what your client's doing. You basically held him, the Dodgers, captive. I mean, ramp, they had to held him for ransom. You know, Boris is saying, I didn't know because I. Boris, he knew. The conversation Did you went know? like, like Manny's like, man, I, I speak thinking, English, yeah. so Did I don't you, know. I'm thinking, yeah. Yeah. And by the way, that's the one of the greatest things ever. You talk to baseball players. It's, it's one of the funniest things out there. Guys, Dominican guys, all these guys, they, they don't speak unbelievable English. Unbelievable English. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Completely speak it. We, we come around. Oh, dude, they have no idea. That, Sammy Sosa. They, they used to say Ichiro could completely dialogue you, but he's never for the last 12 years people think he can't speak English. He could absolutely speak English. That's awesome. Yeah, Remember just, when the media comes around, he just has no idea what to do. Yeah, when he all of a sudden couldn't speak English yeah. anymore about the steroids. Yeah. Uh, uh, I know he's speaking English. Yes. I mean, really, I think the one person in volleyball that was always said to and, 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 and then confirmed was Ack. You know, Scott Ack and Tubby did steroids in the mid-90s, and, and, man, he was out of his mind, and he was playing <laughs> playing unbelievable volleyball. Northridge guy, Noah. Who's that? John Bear. Did Bear do steroids? Personally saw the vials. Yeah, that's early 90s, too. I saw the vials. Wow. Myself. <clears throat> knew his roommate. Like, huh. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So, it didn't, rant it didn't come into international volleyball. We got tested a lot. Yeah, but there was there was one guy Samras from Greece that went from six six two hundred to six six two twenty five. All of a sudden, went from you know upper thirties to mid forties vert, and just crushing. Had an unbelievable year. Signed a big contract. Got caught. Came back like a year later, 6'6", 200, yeah. <laughs> mediocre at best. I mean, it, there's no doubt. And, and I'm really tired of the folks who say, oh, it doesn't, it doesn't make you a great athlete. For God's sakes. First of all, if you're already athletic, it's just going to add to it. It just adds to it. Yeah, of course. In baseball. Oh, it doesn't really help with baseball. Oh, really? I really? Think. So you have the hand-eye coordination. You can tell your bat oh, where to go, but you can't get there. And all of a sudden, you can get there. And not only can you get there, but I'm going to give you the ball an extra one 15 name. yards. There's yeah. one name, and go ask any baseball guy. Just say Brady Anderson. Yeah. The guy was a leadoff hitter for the Orioles. He hit 50 bombs, more than he ever hit in his career combined. Right. Don't tell me it doesn't help. Those warning track balls go yeah, over the gone. fence. Exactly. And to your point of the confidence that it inspires. Because every day you come into the weight room, you are a monster. Monster. You are a, It's not like you get that one day where you're like, yes! You know, because weightlifting is a bit like golf in that you come to the weight room one out of every five or ten times, and you're like, dude, I feel great. I am just pushing. I mean, I can go and go and go. And then for like three days, you're like, oh, my God, yeah, I feel I terrible. Can't, can't lift my arms. 
golf is that way. You hit one good shot, you're like, yes, I love this sport, and you play for another three rounds, and you're just sucking until you hit another good (laughs) shot. And then you're, okay, I'm back in for three rounds. Similar type thing. But if you can go to the weight room every day and just be an absolute animal, be an animal. Man, I am am now 275. Now I'm 300 a week later. That kind of stuff, that inspires. I mean, take the physical part out of it, to your point. Just gets you that you you walk into a room and do I am going to tear this thing up. I think the Lord Himself or God either loves hitting the little white ball, or <laughs> I think golf companies did a deal with the devil or something because God will just give you dangy dangy. He'll just dangle it out there when you play golf. You'll hit one good shot like you yeah. said every few rounds, and you think, Oh my God, I'm there, and you're not there. I've gotten worse at that sport. But still, dangy dangy, just dangle it out there for you. <laughs> oh God, that's a great shot! Wow, I hit a four iron. That was God, I do that every time. That thing straight down the put. Yeah, I four putted in triple bogey. But man, that <laughs> four, that four iron that. was unbelievable. That approach <laughs> shot. Yeah, I mean it's just amazing. Put a little backspin on one shot, and you're like, I am John Daly. Look at me. Yeah. So, yeah, the steroids thing. I, 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 there's so many ways you can go at it. There's so many different opinions. The bottom line is the recovery. The psyche, it makes you stronger. It makes you better. I think Americans uh, will give guys second chances if you come out and own it, whether it's Tiger apologizing. Answer that right now. Armstrong has to admit it. Is Armstrong coming back? 100%. I say no. Oh, I don't. Coming back in the eyes of the public? Yeah. I say never. 100%. Never. No. 100%. No, no. Absolutely not. You think he'll be back? Yeah. No, I think he's gone well beyond. Because I, I think Marion Jones has kind of snuck back in. I watched 30 for 30 that on her, which was excellent. If you're not watching 30 for 30, you're not a sports fan, period. I didn't like Sorry. the Naismith one they did the other day. I didn't see that one. It was, I mean, it was no good. No Place Like Home. Was yeah. that, that one? It was good, I but I was just one. like, yeah. But uh, Marion no. Jones came back, played some basketball, has kind of recovered, right? She eventually had to come clean. It's funny to me is that she had to because the government – was going to put her in a small box for the rest of her life unless she says something. How about Tim, <laughs> how about Tim Montgomery, her second husband, doing yeah, that? After C.J. Hunter. Yeah. He, he's making hundred grand per appearance yeah. at track events. He's kiting checks. What's wrong with you? Yeah. What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> Who raised you, you moron? It's like these guys in the NFL. They're making a million and a half, two million dollars a year, and they get caught with 68 pounds of weed in their trunk. Yeah. What is wrong with you? Not mine. Yep, those are my buddies. David West, <laughs> David Wesley. I get caught. It's, it was Jeremy Rochet's, and he knows on, he's on my t- he's on the take. I, I'm just going to pay him off. David Wesley, who was on that that thirty for thirty, broke, which was highly repetitive and not that good. That yeah. one sucked, in my opinion, but it had some funny stuff in it. He says, "Look, you know, I'm coming back for my first rookie year contract. Some guy walks up to me in a club and says, "Ma'am, if you want to do some work, I'm your guy. I got some guys." And he says, "Look, if you don't know what work is, that means drugs." I'm like you, why are you going to run drugs? Ray Carruth in jail for the rest of his life, killing his wife. Oh, you're a receiver in the NFL. What are you doing? What is wrong with you? You have an educational problem, a deficit of personality from somewhere to do that. But Marion Jones, at least, has been able to come back. I think Lance Armstrong has lied for so long, lied so vehemently, made so much money off of those lies. Yeah, that's the thing. Including denying at the end here. Oh, I'm just not going to appeal because the the process is rigged. Oh, and he knew it was it's coming. Complete, it's completely that. bull. I, I can't fight it anymore. I'm just going to go back and do my thing and, and raise money for cancer. 
And and dude, you know why? Because is that a lamp imitation or what? I don't I'm not sure what, <laughs> okay, what you're doing there. But because you are so guilty, so guilty. Because it wasn't only you, Lance. It wasn't only Lance. He ran a doping ring. He is in fact Barry Bonds and uh, what's his face from Balco. What's the guy's name? Oh, the leader. Yeah, he, he's up. those two guys together. Uh, Keont, uh, Victor. Victor Conte. Victor Conte. He is Victor Conte and Barry Bonds in one. That's him. He's Estefante, Dr. Estefante <laughs> and Ben Johnson. We found a one. subject Jeremy likes to talk about. He's literally raising his hand. If Lance... You can go at any time. You don't have to raise your hand. Well, Kevin was yelling in the microphone. <laughs> I, I could just mute you guys and talk on my own. <laughs> if Lance stays out of the public eye for 10 years after he apologizes within like a week and comes back and is fighting cancer and is years. raising a bunch of money, it's going to take some time. He can't come back in like a thing. year. Okay. He will be back. We have to call him Mark Listen, listen, listen. It's not right. What if he has to fight listen. cancer again? Listen, we have to People define... People will wish him some bad stuff. I know that, that but happens. if he beats it again, I'm telling you, he'll be back. We no. have to define... Put money on the table right You're now. You're wrong. We have to define <laughs> coming back. Tiger Woods... Coming back. He's not coming back to like win long. the Tour like, de France. Walking, walking out of his house? Yeah. Coming back? No, I'm saying in, in the eyes of the public, what is it? Like, Tiger's back. He, he plays good wife, golf. Though. I know, I'm just saying, but he's cool. lost a lot of fans. He lost he's a lot of money. not as good and as he lost a little bit of that swagger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Yeah, he's back, but and he's, he's lost still really lot. good. Kobe Bryant, uh, yeah, he was back, and he got an MVP, and he, he gets the endorsement. more titles. He won championships. That's lot, the difference. Yeah, and a lot of people hate him still. Don't really hate him for that, but but there are people that, that won't let it go. I mean, there are going to be a lot of people that will never let the Lance thing go because the guy made millions off of it, and that bothers That's a lot of people. To me, Lance. No, I'm with you. Lance has taken it to a whole level beyond the Kobe's. I mean, look, Kobe and Tiger are not in the same conversation as Lance and Marion. I agree. Marion a little bit because she I agree. did the same thing Lance did. I've never tested positive. But the only reason thing. she got Lance, caught was because Lance she lied and to the together. government. Right. Lance, to the, yeah, Lance yeah. and Marion hey, are together. Let, yeah. let me be honest with you, too. If, if social media and Sports Center and all those things were around a long time ago, oh, we'd dude. have a very different look at a lot of our heroes. I mean, of course. just... The truth. Ty so Cobb got, would not be a hero. He'd I mean, be a racist. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> no MF. doubt. You know, the guy wouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. So, you know, it's. Uh, Let me ask you this. I don't. Ty Cobb judge, I don't want to judge the athletes for stuff that they do in their personal lives, or yeah, that become public. Uh, you know what you do. If you're married or not married, to me, I want to stay away from that. I, I just don't think it's any of my business. I don't walk in anybody's shoes. So I don't want to judge them. And too many people in my life that I know or around our lives, they judge. And they judge yeah. people really harshly for stuff that they probably do on their own. Yeah. And I don't like that. I think it's hypocritical. But I think when you cheat a sport, when you try to get that edge, I get everyone's doing it. Whatever it is, when you make huge, huge monetary uh, jumps in your life and, and, and take from other people, then I got problems with it. Well, it's what you do. It's not on the side. I mean, Tiger Woods is is not a relationship expert who then is cheating on his wife. That's the difference, right? Yeah, he is. He, he's a golf guy who cheated on his wife. Yeah, two separate things. That you have these guys. Lance is a cyclist known for being a cyclist who is cheating at cycling. He is getting ahead in his life by cheating at what he does. No. Tiger wasn't doing that. Kobe wasn't having a problem with that. That those weren't the issues with them. The issue with these people was a direct correlation between what they're known for and excellent at and re- reveal or re- revered. Re- well, they're reviled now, revered, yeah. <laughs> revered for. They're cheating at it. I think that's the critical difference. And the 
the people were talking about. If volleyball was a bigger sport, would there be more of a spotlight on it? Like, are any of these yes. athletes? Yeah, for sure there would be. Gotcha. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I mean, we had, we had Kent Steffes getting, you know, beach chair and getting booted out. No NCAA eligibility. I forgot about that. Uh, but that's minor. Or you have Hawaii losing their national championship because of an illegal athlete. But that came of a basketball investigation. I mean, volleyball only accidentally ends up in that position because there is no money, no influence, yeah. no... Let me ask you this, though. If you're playing on the national team and you have a better gym than, let's say, Puerto Rico. We do, by the way. Okay. And that's legal. You're allowed to have a gym. Sure. But is that performance enhancing because you have better trainers, you have better nutritionists than the Puerto Rican team does? Sure, it's performance enhancing. But, again, me having a better gym than Puerto Rico doesn't somehow make some kid in the Midwest screw up his physiology. Okay. This is a good question. Okay. Kobe underwent medical procedures that are not legal in the U.S. Is this cheating? It's not. It's not that it's not legal. It's not approved. Difference. Lindsey Berg had the same thing done. It's not doping. I'm okay with it. But I've that, had it done. No, I know, and I'm actually okay with it. But is it cheating? That's. I, I, it, and the that, rest of the guys in the NBA can go do it too. That's the difference. And in the other discussions, I've heard the exact same thing. They, they talk about that and say. <laughs> So good. They say, yeah, well, at what point is all that stuff performance enhancing? ACL surgery, yeah. PRP, Hylogen, uh any sort of injections yeah, that help yeah, you I just, heal, I, I cortisone. I cheating. I really don't. Well, yeah, the difference be- becomes those are attempting to get you back to what you once were or had the natural ability to do, not taking you beyond what, what, if, what your actual gifts are. Which I mean, talked about, sorry. You become a science experiment, yeah, basically. If you true. do the other stuff, this, these other things are not to that level. We talked about this, I think it was last year. Yeah, and it's year not going to kill you 10 years down the line. Correct. Exactly. They don't know that yet, though. That's yeah. the thing. Well, what hopefully is, not, because I'm, I'm out of here. I'm about sure there was yeah. a time when Peter felt low energy, like he just couldn't manage another worm. <laughs> Maybe his voice was raspy, but he didn't go to the pill. Maybe the Red, Red Bull can, but never the never pill. Never the pill. Um, Garthoff I went to the, the lozenges, yep. for sure, for the throat. Mm hmm. Definitely try to throw down some power drinks on occasion, maybe even a cocktail, just to get through it. Um, what is a, that cheating? There should no, be more. I think that's great. More alcohol on television. Just gonna True. throw that out there. Mad what, men. What about when a volleyball player is full body cramping and they get a Bud Light on the side? Uh, are we talking about his good friend Mike Whitmarsh? Sure. <laughs> Who we're just discussing full full body cramps. Oh, cards always makes me think oh, of yeah, Whitmarsh. Yeah. Hey, listen. Kurtopel was 16 years old at J.O.'s, sophomore, and we were playing Puerto Rico, and he was cramping at night, and his dad gave him beer. <laughs> and you know what? We won the national championship, I, and I support it. And That's you can all yell enhancing. at me. I don't care if the kid was 16 years old. <laughs> let's give that kid a Coors Light, and let's get on to winning the natty. Kurt Topel never <clears throat> performed at the national team level, although still playing, I think, professionally even now. Uh-huh. But he was an unbelievable junior. That's huge. I saw that kid at 14, and he was him. he was in the gym with every other really good 14-year-old in the United States. He was way better. He was. I think kids. about the 20 years of coaching. He He's the best player. That, I mean, he was... At that level, he, he was, was unreal. So dominant. Level. He was unbelievable. He could run. He could lay out and dig balls. He could roof. He was huge. He, he, he had it all, man. He was an unbelievable indoor volleyball player. I remember last year when I think Kobe had like a broken hand or whatever it was he had, but he was taking shots before every game so he could play. And we had that discussion, and I thought that that 
Say that again. I think wasn't it last year when Kobe like had a broken finger or thumb or whatever, oh. like, and he needed surgery. Uh, that, was, that was like two or three seasons yeah, ago. But yeah, but he was getting shot so he could play each game. I thought that that is cheating. And that came up during. And the I actually concert. don't care that he did. Mm-hmm. I just think that it is cheating. See, but it's a masking agent. It's not cortisone's a masking agent. It's not a a healing agent. Yeah, and again, so, it's not taking you beyond where that's you're capable yeah, of. That, that, yeah, and I, man, you, I don't think you could have said any better. That that's more like. I almost applaud it because I remember seeing his finger and he literally couldn't bend it. Like, oh yeah, for, to go out to to whatever you got to do to shoot it up to go play. To, you're not going beyond. You're not getting any stronger. You're not better. You're being able to just go out and help your team. I, I just think it's different. I really do. And, and of course, people are going to disagree. But uh, you know, but does, we, we all because that add to the mentality. We all got to have a high opinion. school kid yeah. who's doing that, so he can go out perform too. But he's not. The difference is he's not getting paid millions. Kobe has bosses that are making money off him being on the floor, so I get it because he's a professional. Yeah, and the choice comes up for everybody at some point. Yeah. How much damage are you doing to your body long term for the short term, and, and what's the payoff? You know, I might, remember when Jay it, Cutler sat on the bench there in that NFC Championship game and just got shredded. Yeah, because they're like, oh, you didn't suck it up and go back out there. But that yeah. guy, could, yeah. wasn't it his leg or his foot or something? I don't remember yeah. what it is was. It is, is it his knee? Or? But yeah. the thing is, he I think hurt. what he really got crap for was the attitude sitting there. But yeah, none of us yeah. can be in his shoes. He's like, guys in the attitude. NFC Championship and can't play. It's hard to then get up and rah-rah everybody. But, you know, he looked like he sharded. So Ladanian got the same thing when he kept his helmet uh, on. Yeah, visor, I know. So. I'm a big LT fan, but that, that, that was... That was lame. But... Yeah. Again, I think we got into this a little bit last week about the judgment of athletes and people that don't sit in athlete's shoes yeah. and and don't have an idea of what it really means to make a living in that world and have your body be uh, your your vehicle, basically. You know, yeah. It's not your mind. No, I agree. We're talking about smart players and this and that. It doesn't matter how smart you are. If that body can't move, yeah. you're done. And so it's, it's a lot different thing to to be expected to perform that way. And I always love the folks who say, you know, I could do your job. I could be a professional athlete. Yes. No, you couldn't. If you could, you quite, would. Quite frankly. If you could, you would. Quite frankly, even if you had the ability, you wouldn't have the will to get your butt out of bed when you feel like hell. I mean, mm-hmm. everything hurts, and it takes you 20 minutes just to warm up. Forget what these NFL guys are going through, where yeah. you know, on, a, on a Monday or a Tuesday, I can't imagine how you feel. But you would not have the will. To drag yourself once again into the breach, dear friends. You would not have the will to do that. So don't tell me you could do my job. Because I've gone in there hurt, beat up. I mean, I've gone in, I've played matches where I literally, I could not get out of bed and I went and played. I could barely get out of bed to come here today. I had an injury one time in my hip. I landed on my hip in a a play. Mm -hmm. I could not run. I could still jump. I couldn't run. Interesting. But I'm still out there playing because I can I can jump, so I'm still out there playing. And you got mad that they didn't set you every ball? Probably. <laughs> Gardhoff's on fire today. Kerry Walsh, hyphen Jennings, went the other way with it. I'll beat you for the gold medal while pregnant. Oh. <laughs> per- performance destructing <laughs> item? Yeah. That's a good point. I'd like to get Misty's take on that when she heard. I mean, it, you know, that could have gone – could have been not a good thing, but – yeah, but five weeks. Yeah, I guarantee we have, you. We have an my un- wife. We have an unbelievable. We were boozing it in, in uh, Barbados. Guys were just found out like a month later. Uh, whoops! In our Carrie documentary, we have an unbelievable footage of her with Doctor Gervais talking about Gervais. 
Gervais talking about getting pregnant and wanting to be pregnant. This was like two months before the Olympics and like feeling like she was going to be and him kind of going, huh. Like, it was like, <laughs> okay. like, you know, you know, I'm, I'm, he's like, no, I don't know. I'm, no, I'm, I'm not, not a woman. I'm, I'm a man. So, but it's, it's pretty unbelievable. It's a great scene. That guy's incredible, by the way. He, he's blowing up right now. He's, uh, He's too big time what, for the show what, right now. What what what's your boy Klaus, the guy who just uh, broke the uh, the guy who jumped out of yeah. the uh, what's his name? It's not Kittinger. Kittinger was the guy who held the record. The yeah. Australian dude. Austrian. Uh, he, Austrian. 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 Sorry. Yeah. Starts with an A. Threw another shrimp on the Barbie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just yeah, he, with that guy, yeah. stratosphere guy. He helped him with his claustrophobia. Yeah. Read an article. He said they well, asked him to Baumgartner. Baumgartner. Once he realized that the claust- he wasn't using the, his claustrophobia as an excuse not to do it, then he's like, okay, then we're just going to get you through that because the guy still wanted to jump. He's like, but I'm freaking out inside that suit. Well, we're gonna we're gonna get him back on here to drop some more f bombs. Oh, you know, sure. it was amazing uh, today on the today sh- today on the Today Show. Uh, it was on in the background there, and I heard I saw him. I was sure. like, ah, he's wearing a leather jacket like Lance, uh, and he. The, she asked him about, you know, did you enjoy it? You know, something Gervais? about. No, no, the guy who jumped. Oh. And he goes, no, I didn't enjoy it at all. <laughs> I cannot until after him. It sounded like misery. <laughs> he said when he got to the edge, at that point, he wasn't thinking about all the records he just was about living. to break. He's like, I just want to land safely. You just want to live. Dude, I'm freaked yeah. on a 20-foot balcony. I mean, stepping to that ledge, you'd have to kick me. I mean, I would be, I would be saying... Turn the cameras off. How many miles? Cut. I'm going back in. 24 miles up? 128,000 feet. 24 miles up? Is that what that is? Whatever that is. Do the math. I can't. 5,680 or something, whatever. He was four times the height of what airplanes fly. Quick break so I can have some watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> because Geeter needs to eat, we're going to take a little break here on the Net Live. Well, I mean, we've gone 41 minutes without breaking. It's, and you, you know hungry? what? We, 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 41 minutes of, of non volleyball. Of non-volleyball. God, no, so those that turned in, tuned back in to, to hear about another volleyball. question about you know what, roids and volleyball. I'm sorry. No wonder why it was so fun. Because we didn't talk volley. <laughs> we're changing the name of the show. It's no longer the net life. It's not a volleyball show anymore. I mean, no. we'll keep it. We'll, we'll do 15 to 20 minutes of volleyball. It's the lot. <laughs> yes, the lot. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back with more of the live here with Jeremy, Chris, and Kevin. The best college volleyball in the country is coming to Louisville, and you'll want to be there up close to take in all the action. Cheer for every point. Witness every rally. Experience it live at the 2012 NCAA Division I Women's Volleyball Championship, December 13th and 15th at KFC Yum Center in Louisville, Kentucky. Hosted by the University of Louisville and the Louisville Sports Commission. All session tickets start at $62. Visit NCAA.com slash volleyball to make a...
again, there you go again, making me love you. Yeah, I'll stop using my head, using my head, let it all go. Got you stuck on my body, on my body, like a tattoo, yeah, yeah. Welcome back into the Net Live on a Monday. Another good Monday show. Still have the professor coming up. We have the College Volleyball Weekly here in just a few minutes. And we've had a great discussion about performance-enhancing drugs. And, Jeremy, you said you had one more question as related to volleyball and PEDs. Yeah, how rampant do you think it is in our sport? I don't think it is. I don't think it's rampant. I think there's probably a few offenders here and there. Mm Mm-hmm. But there's plenty of testing that goes on. And and honestly, I think our sport's been over-tested where others have been under-tested. Not domestically. Well, domestically, yes. We're national t- team? Yeah. No. I get tested every I thinking, month. I was thinking beach. I don't think about the national team. So. <laughs> well, those, those, guys are now, those guys are now subject to testing as well. Because of USAB? Yeah, well, because of it being an Olympic sport, yeah. FIVB. It's, it's, they're, they're subject to WADA. World Anti-Doping Agency, just the same as the indoor folks are. If they're playing internationally. Yeah, I mean, if you're Sean Scott, you don't have to. Yeah. Or, you know, because you're not in the pool for FIVB. Yeah. You can play AVP or Cuervo. There's no required testing for that. John Hyden and those guys. Not to say they're on it, just guys who don't play internationally. Yeah. So, yeah, that that's possible. But anybody who's playing internationally is tested. Anybody who's Olympic eligible is tested. If you're in the FIVB, you are on that list. And you have to tell people where you're at. No choice. I read something interesting recently, and I can't confirm or deny if it's true or not, but I read that a lot a lot of the manufacturers that make these performance-enhancing drugs are also the ones that are making the tests. Could be. I'll tell you that the guys out there are on stuff that they can't test for yet. Of course. Guaranteed. There's a lot of that out there. The testing game will never catch up with the enhancement game. Yeah. And here's some word of advice that you had kind of brought up earlier. If they are keeping samples from you and you know you're doing it, don't go on a worldwide campaign denying that you're doing it because eventually it's going to come out if they don't like you. You get caught eventually. I think they didn't like Lance and that's with, why they came after him. Well, but with Lance, <laughs> he claimed it was a witch hunt, right? But at some point there's just too much evidence. When everyone around you is doing it, same thing with Marion Jones, when everyone around you is doing it, your coach – has been convicted of distributing it. Yeah. Your first husband got actually caught a couple of times and had those tests removed and then got caught at the Olympics again and had to leave the Olympics. CJ yeah. Hunter shot put her in 2000. Mm-hmm. Then your next hu- husband, Tim Montgomery, gets caught also. He's on it. In addition to the check scam, you're on it. Yeah. There's no way no everybody point. around you is on it and you are not. Same, and, and with Lance... Everybody was on it. Yeah, but what about the fact that he never failed a test? Who cares? I guarantee you failed the test now if you take a sample from a few years ago. 
And l- listen, like we said, when Nike dumps you, you're pretty much guilty. Still not a conviction, but the stuff that USADA put out oh, yeah. is damning. Yeah. And the fact that the uh, International Cycling Union, was it called UCI, I forget what the expansion of that is, but UCI, never appealed. UCI had the ability to send it to CAS, Court of Arbitration of Sport, had the ability to do that. And UCI said no, and then said, let me, let me read this quote. Hang on, because this quote, this is damning right here. Quote from UCI. This is from the president, UCI president, Pat McQuaid. Lance Armstrong has no place in cycling, and he deserves to be forgotten in Ooh, cycling. Wow. Wow. So whatever's in that 120 pages, or what, is it 120 pages or 1,200 pages? Sure. Whatever is what in it, that report, it is awfully convincing. Wow. If you have Nike saying... We have been deceived. Yeah, that's a, that word. And you have Pat McQuaid saying he has no place in cycling and should be forgotten. And this is an organization that Lance has had in his pocket. He had given as much as 200000 at one time as a donation. Mm-hmm. You know, Nike and Oakley are the ones that really stuck by him through his early troubles, uh, through cancer and all that. They were his sponsors then. And like, he wrote about that on... Uh, on in his book, it's about the bike. I mean, his book was unbelievable. I remember reading it, and that's a long, long time yeah. ago. And and it 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 helped a lot of people, and it, it inspired a lot of people. And you know, for those people to all dump him, J. A. There's just no way. Or your BFF J. A. Adande from ESPN. Yeah, he said something. I think he was on uh, around the horn. He said like, yeah, all these guys like they could all hate Lance and have an agenda to say stuff about him. But if they brought out 19 people to say he did this, we're all, we're Lance's other 19 friends that are saying he's never, like nobody's come out and said, has defended him. Not one person. No. That says a lot to me. More from McQuaid. I was sickened by what I read. Yeah, good point. Oh, really? I was sickened by what I read in the USADA report, McQuaid said. The story he told of how he coerced and to some extent forced into doping it's just mind-boggling. How do you get all your teammates to do that and it doesn't come out until now? That's what I'm confused about. Because they were all making money too? Yep. Okay. Yep. If you're sucking on that teat. <laughs> the teat! The look on your face is the best. <laughs> yeah, just a, a sad situation. Hey, good situation here in my house. We have a weekly NFL pick. Yeah going on with the boys, 8 and 10. We print out the games. Mm-hmm. You just pick winner, loser. Mm-hmm. Winner, whoever gets the most picks correct, gets to pick dessert on Wednesdays. And dominated. Tiebreaker. Yeah, that was last week. <laughs> tiebreaker is if you, know, you print them out, you have a list. If you get six in a row right or four in a row right, that's the tiebreaker. So if we have like 10 correct each, and my son right now has a run of six in a row on the paper, correct, mm-hmm, top mm-hmm. to bottom, he is ahead of me. We have a situation in the home tonight. Bears, Lions, great NFC North matchup. They they know Grammy. My mom's a huge Bears fan. <laughs> but we have one son, Reese, my older one, who's picked the Bears mm-hmm. with 10 correct. Mm-hmm. And he's got me because I had 10 correct, but I only had four in a row. He has six in a row. Gotcha. You have Max, who has 10 correct, my younger son. How many games a week? He That's has pretty the good, Lions. by the way. Yeah, 10, 10 of whatever games. So it's going to be yeah. a, a throwdown tonight in your I house. think you only missed two. I think they missed two. 
each. So he has to throw down tonight. Bears, Lions. Max is, Max is praying Megatron goes off. Whoever loses, Who are did, you going to say this to them? You didn't win, so you must not have done a good job. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, buddy. Nicely done, Jeremy. Just curious. That is funny. Just I knew that. that was, just like Lance, that will come back to haunt you. That's, what I, that's what I tell my kids when, who would, who they, when pick, they don't win. It's something like youth sports, you know. Don't win. Flag football Eagles don't win. You guys didn't win, so you must not have done a good job. <laughs> I'm a really good youth coach. Oh man, that's funny, buddy. What? Who? Who would pick the better dessert? Who would? Yeah. Pick, who? Who are you rooting for? You know what? Either way, it's gonna be over the top. That's for sure. I think Reese might go what was, way over the top. When you won last week, what? What did you pick? We had Sundays. Front like here, or you went somewhere? No, you? here. Okay. But you could go somewhere if we want. Yeah, but Sunday. It gets night. late, man. It's just during the week with the kids. It's tough to do anything. But we had we had like you know ice cream and chocolate syrup and M and M's and. I, I made them. You get to make them. You make them for everybody. Nice. everybody. And there's no choice. Everybody's like, can I have this? Like, nope, nope. I'm this, making them. Yeah, this is what you get. So it'll be it'll be way over the top, whatever it is, I'm sure. I need Darren McFadden to get in the end zone one of these days. I mean, I cannot stand the Oakland Raiders or fantasy football. What's wrong with the Raiders? Well, they, they, they suck. And I know, happy. but like the Chargers why? suck too, I don't understand. So I can't really pop off. But Your Chargers are getting in trouble for cheating. Did you read that? No. Stick them. Really? Too yep. much pine tar? Yep. Dude. Huh. Cares. Stick them. Well, obviously it didn't help when you have a 24-14 lead against the Saints and then a 24-0 lead against your Broncos. I mean, it's just a weird... Is that the new uh, top 10? Don't have the top 10. i got to turn the email back mm-hmm. on. But this is the the results from the last week. I was just looking at it thinking, well, we ought to talk some volleyball at some point. But... Uh, it's a volleyball show? My bad. Yeah, today Sorry. is apparently... Stanford beat Washington. We don't have a guest until 11.30. I mean, what, what are you supposed to You were to saying do? you watched that Why one, Why is Todd Jeremy? coming on so late? I'll be gone. He's coming, he's coming back on a flight. He's flying back here. Red Eye from oh, Hawaii. Sorry, how long sorry. did it take to get to the middle school? That was like five minutes away. So do I have to go through the whole story again about how she was in the office? <laughs> I know, but how long did it take me to today? get here? Will I have to go to the office? No. Why won't you forgive me? Millie. Relax. Millie. Blame Kevin. Just blame it on me, dude. Nobody have you guys, uh, what women's volleyball match you got? Stanford? This week, I have Arizona at Stanford. Uh, i got to pick Stanford in that one. Sorry, Arizona. But I'm pretty sure Stanford's going to come out on top. Then I have Utah versus Oregon. Yeah, Oregon, not Oregon State. So I have Utah, Oregon, Oregon at Utah. That would be Salt Lake City. So if you're in the Salt Lake City area, come by. Say hi. Come to Crimson Court. Come watch the match. Utah? Yeah. Any good? They're okay. They decimated ASU a couple weeks ago. How about Stanford's really well. freshmen, Brittany Howard and, and Burgess? Yeah, Burgess is impressive, and uh, not just because she plays well in the front row. She plays some defense. It's funny you were say So Tim and I, we, we lost them in the quarters this year, and we've seen her for two years, and we battled them in the quarters both years. We told Dunning. He actually told Dunning this. I told whoever would listen. She would be the best libero in our country. If, if, if that's yeah. what they wanted to trade her at. She made plays defensively that I've never seen a kid make. If you trained her for four years and she played just libero, she'd be our next national team libero in whenever, in 2020. Problem is she can kill the ball on the outside. I know. That surprised me. That actually surprised me. I heard she's doing a really nice job in the front row. I, I, I thought she would struggle in, at the college level in transition stuff. Not that big. But apparently she's doing a really nice job. 
I think Inky's doing okay offensively. She's still struggling with the rest of the game. Uh, last week or two weeks ago, the game I saw, she played well blocking, but uh, not usually the case for Inky, Pinky, Blinky, or Blue. Uh, and Madison Bugs are set her freshman. They got a lot of freshmen. Burgess? Bugs? No, isn't Bug the freshman? Oh yeah, setter Bugs. Stanford. Bugs. Dude, you're doing the game. You better. I, I should know this. I got, I got 25 names in my head. Uh, 24 of which are Supercross riders right now. Until I get to my research later, because I was in Vegas doing Supercross on Saturday. Jerk. Is Washington? Washington's that good. good. I haven't seen him. I'll see him next weekend. I'll be Pac- up there. Pac-12, the best conference. There's an argument about that. I mean, Penn State's number one. Dude, Big Ten's damn good, man. Nebraska's number four. Minnesota. But, I mean, top to bottom. Illinois. Top to bottom. Look, Penn State is one, but then you have Stanford, Oregon, then Nebraska, Washington, UCLA, SC, then Texas, Hawaii, Minnesota. It's a lot of Pac-12. It's a lot of Pac-12 in the top ten. Yeah, but it's always like that. I I know, but best conference. Yeah, or or Big Ten. Because then they're beating I, I mean, themselves up. They're playing or, each other. Or Big Twelve. Sorry. I, big, big, yeah, I I, I think they're always the top one or two. Big Twelve is okay. No question about Texas it. is the only thing in the Big Twelve. I've got Big West volleyball on Friday night too. It's an all volleyball week for me. Where are you doing a Big West volleyball game? I'm doing Long Beach, Hawaii at Long Beach. On what channel? Fox. Sports oh, West. They they're doing a, a game? Yeah, they got to deal with the Big West. Interesting. And uh, Marlo Sunderland unavailable. Pull Barnett off a of prep zone because he sucked last week and uh, put him on volleyball. <laughs> What's the deal with Long Beach having open tryouts? Did we ever look into that? Are you going <laughs> to ask that question? Because they were so beat I up, am right? absolutely going to ask that question. Yeah, because they don't have any players left. They're in a situation that I think is even worse than Cal. Cal can't even run a practice. Eight players? How are you going to run a practice at a college level? With practice. Eight players. Practice? I did it last night on the air. Yeah. Because Worthy said practice, and I said practice, and then he actually did it really good. Playoffs? Yeah. <laughs> Playoffs? I actually, what do you like better, playoffs or practice? Talking about practice. That practice rant to me. 13 and a half is times. Is way better. And a half. Not way better. I mean, the Mora one is good, but the practice one is legendary. I'm in here. We're talking about Because it like practice? goes against yeah. everything you ever were taught as an athlete or that you teach as a coach, it goes, it just... And he's talking about Larry Brown, too. perfect. Yeah. For that day and age, that athlete, <laughs> that kid, that just, the kids at that time. Stu, man, we're talking about practice, man. Like, who cares? Well, uh, a lot of people do. Pre- you make practice? 30 million. If you you pra- should probably care about... Go- if he I practiced mean, more, would he still be playing? No. Okay, just curious. Too small, getting beat up. Yeah, I mean, he was phenomenal. I mean, he had a better attitude. Pound for pound, so pound for pound so offensively, good. he was ridiculous he off took the charts. But to the finals, finals lost him, in five, bud. By himself. By himself. Yep. There was no, you can't name one other person on the team. Lost Lakers, bro. Name Eric one. Snow. Yes, please. Matumbo. Yep, Eric Snow. Please. There was some white guy was pretty good, too. Matumbo, bro. Was Coleman on that team? At Lakers. D.C.? I yeah. think he was. The funny thing is, Lakers were undefeated. Yeah, going into the uh, Iverson beat them by himself. Iverson beat him in Game One at Staples by himself with Tyron Lue guarding him. <laughs> Iverson was unbelievable. Or Tyron, whatever you want to call. He him. got mad props during that period for his. I think he parlayed that into a big contract with the Wizards, didn't he? Tyron Lue. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. He got bit mad props for being a AI. And then AI hit the jumper over him and stepped over top of him and staring him down. I now have the Pac-12 network, and it's very exciting. I do, too. I got the app on my phone, and I got a code from Time Warner, because I don't have Time Warner. I have Verizon. 
but Time Warner has the Pac-12 network, yep. so you don't have to punch in your code. Uh, yep. I got a code from a guy at work. I watched SE football the other day. I can watch volleyball now. I can actually watch a broadcast. It's phenomenal. Yep. You can watch me on Wednesday. Well, I'm just doing just doing analysts, though. You don't watch that. You don't watch me do play-by-play -play on Sunday. Who's your play-by-play? -play? Uh, Chris Blunk. Can we get your huh? bio on Who? the Pac-12? Maybe. Yeah. Chris Blunk. I don't know. She does a bunch of soccer and other stuff she has for a long time up in the Bay Area. Huh? I don't know. Oh. I had to pay him off with some analyst work, so I had Al Skates at Skater last Sunday, you know, as my analyst. Guess who I was my analyst on Friday? Were we talked about this last week. We may have talked about this. Mike Don? No, because oh. it was better than that. I think we talked about this. Karch, you don't remember? Thank you. Yeah. You and Karch work together? We will on Friday. That's going to be an awful broadcast. No, I'm just kidding. You guys no, get along we, fine we, now. We smoothed everything up. He came on the show recently. He came on the show. There no, I saw him at the be a FIVB World Congress. Karch. Yeah, it'll be fun. As long as you do what Karch says, you'll be fine. Uh, I'm in charge. <laughs> Karch is going to completely dominate you. No. Yes, he will. not going to happen. I'm going to fight him for airtime. I will be super nervous. Show respect. <laughs> greatest of all time. And stop realize, and, and stop trying to fight that. I've called him the GOAT. You, you, you better. You want me to be there so I can If you him? ever disrespect Karch again, I'm never coming on this show. Bull crap. I've talked to Karch and told him he's a goat. He's been the goat the whole time. Doesn't mean you like him. I've never had a problem personally with Karch. I want you to say right now, Karch is the greatest of all time. Karch is the greatest player of all time. Clip no, that. Yeah, noted. Clip that. <laughs> Period. Good. Never been in debate. Good. Never been in debate. Good. Would he be in my gym today? Okay. I told Paul Sunderland that you you were thinking about that one. He want he like couldn't wait to see you. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, you're most asinine. State. No, actually, if you're not winning I, a championship, you're doing an awful yeah, job. Yeah, I take it back. Play one I, more time. Shush. <laughs> you shut your mouth, Jeremy. You didn't win, so you must not have done a good job. So I tell the flag football Eagles. Wait for it. If everyone was doing a great job, then everyone would win the championship every year. Am I the Rob Dibble of this show? Yeah, no <laughs> that, about it. What Actually, about, I was talking to Al Skates. There's no better angle, for sure, uh, than, than the one from behind. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, which, by the way, is true. But Karch Karai is in any gym for the rest of time. Okay. Greatest I, player of all time. It's like, I, it's like saying, is, is Jordan in the gym today? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Of course he is. Of course Jordan's me. in the gym. I talked to Al Skates. Had him Gretzky out, in the rink? Had him out for dinner. <laughs> rink. Had him out for dinner. Chinese food up there. Uh, you and Skates went to dinner? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know your name yet? Oh, like honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, only right before the broadcast. Yeah. <laughs> he, Did you give him a high five? He didn't talk back to the. What is that? What's the guy's name? You're right. Exactly. <laughs> Al, you've known him for ten years, Kevin Barnett. Oh yeah. Yeah. Al, he got like fifty kills on you. Yeah. Oh, but they still <laughs> lost. So. And I'll tell oh, you, after he won the championship that year. First of all, you never had fifty kills in a match. Fact. 40, I had forty-five twice. Yeah. Someone Google that. Was that in college or in college? Forty-five twice. My record on the national team was forty-two, maybe. Was there nobody else on the team? Yeah, so you had forty-five kills twice. Twice. Once against Santa Barbara. Did you win? Once against BYU. I better start respecting. Um, we may have lost both actually. BYU was an unbelievable one because I had forty-five. George had forty. Or 38, maybe. Was nobody playing defense? And I think Ryan Millar had 48 or something. It was just nuts. Although Ryan really had 47 because he turned the ball, no kidding, three feet out of bounds, and their cheating called referees it called it in. Yeah, Nice. You can't play at BYU. Cheaters. And Al and I had a great discussion about that. Al actually got fined and sanctioned because he called out a guy who's a deacon up there in the Mormon church 
who was an up referee who would make ridiculous calls for BYU. Oh, wow. And still does it, but he said that, that guy never got assigned to him again. God's on their side. Mm-hmm. But I was talking to Al, and I asked, you know, here's Al. Okay, Al's only got, say, I don't know, 60 years of volleyball experience, yeah. just a few. And I talked to him. I asked him about Karch. But not about Karch in particular. I said, hey, of the generation of guys, who do you think would, would still be in the game today? Because obviously, like, a Powers, a Timmons, those guys are in the game today. Those guys are the same guy, you know. So Physical. I, just beast. 6'10", 6'9", 6'8", whatever those guys. I mean, they're, they're ridiculous beasts. And I talked, I asked him about Karch. He said, absolutely, 100%. What? Karch is in the gym. Karch is playing. Karch would compete at today's level. Of course he said that. Yeah. The silver one that you just met. Yeah. Of course he said that. Did that surprise you? How many national championships does, does he have? Oh, he's got all the championships in the world. No, that, that's why I asked him, because I'm just Kevin. He's Al. You know, you got to ask Al. Got to ask him. You got. You finally come around. What we've been trying to tell you for a long time. Look, I've talked to lots of people about that era of team because this question has come up, not in relation to Karch, but it's just in, if you're going to have an, a discussion about our sport, you got to ask this question because this is what happens with every generation. They talk about the the Babe Ruths or whatever the world. Would they be in today's game? Yeah. So you got to ask a question about our sport, and we talked about this all the time. And I've heard I've varying seen Dave opinions run on, around the on bases. Players. I don't think he would be in the game. No, <laughs> guy was eating hot dogs, bro, like during the breaks. Yeah, so there are those guys. He threw like seventy, but he did hit, you know, seven hundred fourteen bombs or whatever. So because the game changes, you know. The game changes. The game evolves, and guys get bigger, faster, stronger. The offenses change. Those kinds of things. Like Burzins. Burzins wouldn't play outside. Be libero, but he's not going to play outside. Right? True. Okay. Who's, who's, who's he talking about? I don't know. I'm not All this Burzins. The guy who passed next to Karch. Go. We're going to start going deep indoor Russians on us, too. That's why we don't <laughs> Jeremy and I fade out when you do that. <clears throat> So we're talking about the Russian national team, so we can go to break. No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> got to do something when the weekly the coming up after break. Yep, weekly's coming up. We got the professor coming up. Got to watch the professor commercial during the commercial. I'm gonna watch. And that. those that are on the chat board, watch the professor commercial during the commercial. Go to the Net Live Facebook page. It's Facebook.com/slash/TheNetLive and uh, watch more of Matt Garhoff's fantastic work. We'll be right back with more on this. Garhoff, put it up on this real quick. Yeah, chat chat it up there. Pub yourself, please. Volleyball Mag, the industry's number one volleyball magazine. Volleyball Magazine has been serving the volleyball community for over 20 years with the latest in volleyball news and information, product reviews, athlete profiles, fitness, health, and travel-related features. It's published nine times a year. Volleyball Magazine brings you the inside to the access to the sport's biggest stars. Whether you're interested in junior, collegiate, or professional level, sand or indoor, Volleyball Magazine has you covered both on and off the court. Visit us now. Do it. www.volleyballmag.com and subscribe for one year for only $19.99. Do that now and receive a new water bottle with $49 value. Free compliments of our friends at Naturally Energized Water Bottle Company. Volleyball Mag, the industry's number one volleyball mag.
You all right there, Geek City? Got everything put together here? Enough watermelon in your system and protein brownie? Feel great, bro. Are you breaking those headphones? Maybe. What about the other headphones you stole from me? That and I, I still have again? them. I know. I, oh, I offered money. Never, ever see those headphones again. If you really want them back, are those just, I can't believe you take your No, I gave them Bose noise-canceling headphones, and I haven't they're, seen them. It's been like six months. They're really cool. He doesn't even travel anymore. He doesn't need them. I know. He goes no, to the studio the in El Segundo. What a yeah, but I wear them at work. There goes your status on United. What? Dude, you have so many cool pairs. I've seen them. You know how expensive those headphones were that you, that I graciously gave you? If you bought I, them, if you bought them brand new in the store, the way, they're about an hour of pay for false, Geeter on time. Did I offer you money? You did. He didn't want the money. He wanted the money. He didn't yet. How about, you just show, how about you just show up with some cash? Okay. Money. How about that? <laughs> you know what? How about that? How much? See, see how that works for you. How much? Well, let's put it like this. With tax, those things brand new are three fifty. That's a lot of cheddar. I might have to give them back. <laughs> well, I'll keep borrowing them. I've had them. I had had them for two years. Oh, that's gonna knock a so big knock it, amount. So knock it down. Check thing. Craigslist. So you got to go yeah. uh, 2010 version Bose. Can't noise yeah, we'll see what headphones. happens. Those they, aren't even the M15s. Those are like the old ones or whatever. First of all, no, they're not. Yours are the ones they have to put batteries in. Mine's rechargeable. So suck on that. Rechargeable. Yeah. <laughs> Who wants that shit? It runs out on the. I'm sorry. There's no cursing on the network. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, Doctor Gervais. Yeah, we're just gonna What's call up, right attention to that. You What's are up, getting Kevin Marlowe. Reed is sending a little fine. early this morning. Yeah. Wow. Reed sending the fine right now in the mail. Who wants that? Your rechargeable batteries run out while you're in the middle of a flight. You are SOL. Let um, me. I just pop in a new one. My rechargeable batteries have never, ever, ever gone out in the middle of a flight. You don't know that. You had your headphones last three years ago when you gave them to Geeter. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully, can I, can I, I'm about to curse. <laughs> Hopefully, we can come to some sort of agreement. I want to make a restaurant. I got to tell you guys something. I love Cam Kerr. I think he's talented. He's smart. He's good on Twitter. Yeah, great on the show. He's got his own show. I kind of rattled him a little bit. You opened up a big I, wound. Yeah. I, I mean, imagine he's Canadian. What hockey means to him? It's what the Lakers. Mean to me, or Jesus means to the Catholic Church. Beach volleyball means to some people around here. I mean, it is it is big in Canada. It is it is a way of life. It, it is, is a religion. Culture. Yeah, that the shiny Lord Stanley himself lives here, basically in Manhattan Beach. We see Lord Stanley all the time. It must kill him, and it does. And you could tell in his tone, he's upset on the chat board. On the chat, and yeah. what pisses him off even more. Yeah. There's not going to be any hockey. It's going to live here till 2014. And I think that, that is really going to get him. And, and I love it. And I love, oh, oh, here he is. It's affecting the economy in yeah. Canada. Cam just wrote that uh, Hooters is firing waitresses. <laughs> because the economy is so bad now. Yeah. Listen, I don't want Cam or anybody to lose work. Let's be honest. Of course I don't. But I do love that Lord Stanley lives here. I want to make a restaurant And he likes it way better here. And that's what bothers my I, friend Cam and all of his friends. It, he, like he, dude, he lives on the Strand. It's beautiful here. Every day he plays beach volleyball now. People are sucking cocktails out of him. I mean, this is a great place for him to be. Move on, Kevin. This is where I fade out. I'll be heading up to Stanford again this week for my third trip into the Bay Area. And I will be returning to a place I read about in Wired Magazine a couple months back issue that I was reading because my magazines build up and then I got to read them on the road trips, right? So I'm, I'm actually out of magazines now, but I was reading Wired two Wednesdays ago on my way to Stanford. Happened to read an article about Life Kitchen, these guys who want to take like sustainable food, produce, healthy food, lifestyle into the fast food region. What magazine was this you were reading? Wired. Okay. Great magazine, by yep. the way. Cheap, mm-hmm. 12 bucks a year. Great magazine. I was reading about it and it said, oh, it's in Palo Alto. 
So I'm driving to Palo Alto that afternoon, getting off the flight. I'm like, oh, where is this place? I went, I, I might want to try that out. Three miles away. Went over and had me some Life Kitchen. Pretty darn good. Not cheap, though. It's like a Panera, more or less, as far as price point goes. So I don't think they're going to replace what, McDonald's the, anytime soon. What, what's so good about it? Oh, it's all, you know, the non, what's the diet everybody eats now? Not glucose. Gluten? Gluten-free. Gluten-free and sustainable agriculture and all the healthy stuff you could think of into ah. that model, you know. Ooh. But really nice, you know, great place to hang out. Ooh. <laughs> that was so, I don't care what you're saying. No, I do. I'm, I'm very into it right now. Have you not seen me lately? You're saying something. Have so you all... not seen me minus 17? Have you not? You're looking good. Do you not yeah. understand what Are I'm you doing? fat right now? <laughs> do you understand? <laughs> Is that what's happening? Do you understand the work? You're eating watermelon and some other yeah. fruit bar? Dude, it's just, you just wake it's up. It's a like, different eater than Yeah, than you don't wake up and piss excellent. You know why? You I have to run on the sand. It hurts. L-Y-F-E Kitchen Life Kitchen in Palo Alto. Mm -hmm. I will be there in the afternoon on Wednesday if you want to come by. Are you sending autographs? Yeah, at the table out front while I enjoy my barbecue chicken flatbread. (laughs) Let's start this up. Because we have both, it looks like. Look that way. All right. We just can't believe Rosenthal was a maybe. He must have have powered through his meeting. Work. We have a new segment coming up with AVCA, by the way, in just a couple of weeks, so stay tuned for that. But we have this segment, which has been going on for a couple of years. I love We're going to hope that neither of our correspondents, Sondheimer nor Rosenthal, drop an F-bomb, an S-bomb, anything else like we've been doing here on the program. But it is the AVCA College Volleyball Weekly in association with the American Volleyball Coaches Association. We here at the Net Live are proud to present the best of what was and a preview of what will be in college volleyball. Let's welcome those two gentlemen back in once again to talk a little volleyball. What's up, boys? How you doing? Guys, up a little bit. I hear Mike. Big match uh, over the weekend. Iowa State up 2-0 at Texas. I believe at Gregory Gym, Texas came back and won. Yes, uh, Texas uh, hit remarkably well the last three sets, and Bailey Webster had an incredible match, and Haley Ackerman continues to establish herself for College Player of the Year, and Texas keeps rolling. Let's talk about this top ten for a second before we move forward. Penn State remains at number one. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. All the same. How about that? Twelve, all the same. All the way to Stanford, Oregon, Nebraska, Washington, UCLA, Southern Cal, Texas, Hawaii, Minnesota, Florida, Dave. We should be talking about the Washington match. You ever see a team win two 25-10 games and lose in five? Yeah, how about that? Their wait, wait. first loss in the score play. 25-10 in set one, have a set point in set two, blow it. 25-10 in set three, have a match point in set four, blow it, and then get beat in set five. Got to be the toughest loss Jim McLaughlin maybe has had at Washington as head coach because it was at home and a chance to tie for the conference lead. And now Stanford's in the driver's seat. Well, I did it here, you know, on on air, on Pac-12 air a couple weeks ago. There you go, Mike Sondheimer. Kevin Barnett picked it out. <laughs> yeah, what say about Stanford, though? I mean, we, we obviously know it says Washington had a little bit of inattention, but what does it say about Stanford? You hang in there after a couple of 25-10s. 
you got four freshmen that are very resilient, and 25-10 doesn't phase them. And uh, like I said, John Dunning is right now definite national candidate of the year for coach of the year to bring the four freshmen along the way he has. And Mass and Bugs is setting really, really well. And, I mean, they hit like 100 for the five sets to still win the match. It's just pretty amazing. And uh, Washington now has their back to the wall. They have to come in this week and play USC and UCLA at their home. And that's going to be tough on uh, the Washington to see if they can bounce back. Brandon. I was going to say, from the coaching standpoint, too, that's, uh, you know, you got to give Dunning credit. And, uh, you know, I think it's it's frustrating as all can be to realize what you're able to do and to go out and lose or lay an egg at 25-10 twice is just beyond, you know, you're just sitting there and you kind of have to take it. But the, the other side of it is to remain calm and to kind of paint that, hey, we can do this type of picture, and, and to get that team into that rhythm to push through to five is, is remarkable. I've been there before, and it eats at you alive, you know, that you're losing 25 to eight or, or, or 10 or something like that. Here's, here's a couple of stats for you, because this is one of those weird matches. We've talked about this before, but here's an opportunity to actually point it out. Washington, 16 blocks. Stanford, Washington. Hit 194, not a great number, but fifty nine. You you win really every statistical category. The only one I can find here is digs, eighty three to seventy six, and that's not even a big difference. Yet match, unbelievable. And, Brant, what I want to ask you about this is Stanford, and one of the reasons I like them is that they're the most complete team I've seen this year. They play a nice system. It seems to me that if one of their players has an off night, somebody else can pick it up. And, and how uh, teams like one or two players or sometimes three that you say, if we can stop one or two of them, we're in good shape. It doesn't seem like Stanford has like they are system up. Yeah, you know, one of the things that I've noticed over the years, and, and partly because we've kind of had the same type of thing, is, you know, you come up against teams that typically have one or two players, and, and that's just it. You know, if they have a bad match or if you're able to game plan against them, and I think that's kind of where coaching comes in, uh, it, it the match becomes a lot easier. But uh, when you play against teams that have three, four and then, and then have a good defense, all of a sudden it's too much for, you know, 18- to 21-year-olds to continue to think about. So now you have to pick and choose and hope that, you know, on that night, those people that you picked and choose to game plan against, you know, you're able to shut them down, and those other people aren't able to, you know, carry the load. So it's, it's really tough, you know, and I think what we've seen just from our experiences over the recent years is just that is you know we've been very uh balanced and you know it didn't really matter if one person had 10 kills or if one person had 15 we knew that it was going to be pretty uh straight across the board so credit to you know dunning for putting uh, you know a team out there like that and uh, i think that it'll be interesting to see not only this year but you know goodness with four freshmen starting how is that going to work out as the years progress? Mike, I want to ask you this with Hawaii or not. They defeated Pacific 3-2 at home. Hawaii 17-2 and 
overall, and I know in the Big West, they've really been tested. I mean, they play in a conference that it seems like just it's on kind of a downturn. Well, the biggest thing for Hawaii is the better that Stanford does, the better it is for Hawaii, because Hawaii beat Stanford early in the year in Hawaii, and it helps their seating. I mean, Hawaii, I think, gets hurt playing in this conference, but the thing is is that, you know, depending on where they get sent, I think they still have a reasonable shot at the NCAAs. They've got a veteran team. They've got a team that, you know, came close last year, and I think that they've got you – know, Dave Soji does a great job putting that program together, and he'll have them ready. And I think the biggest problem is just, you know, staying sharp. And I think the Big West a little bit stronger than they were in the conference, you know, the year before – but Long Beach hasn't played nearly as well as I thought they would be playing this year, and there really isn't a second team to really push them in that Big West Conference right now. Is James going to come back? Does anyone know yet? I think that's uh, between the coach and the player, as Coach Rosenthal would know. What is <laughs> I don't know if she's spending for the year or not. I guess yeah, she'll be so back in the lineup sometime. Rose, thank you so much. As a coach, for you, would be what what kind of things do you be looking at? You're going to end up suspending your star player for a whole year, or the yeah. I mean, I think that, you know a lot of the times it comes down to just uh, you know some somebody doing something wrong, and then their attitude kind of subsequent to that. You know, uh, kind of the I don't care type of to do whatever you want thing. Uh, you know, a lot of times I think schools and, and programs are, are fairly forgiving as long as, you know, you're willing to make some changes and kind of watch it and understand that, hey, listen, I made a mistake. I think <clears throat> what gets to that point, and usually what happens in these cases is, you know, athletes have been given, you know, two or three chances. And, you know, there comes a time, it doesn't matter how good players are, and I think all of us have been through this, you know, the team chemistry is so important that, you know, people just can kind of read through all that stuff, and at a point you've got to draw a line in the sand and say, hey, listen, uh, you know, the program is bigger than you. And, uh, you know, for the future and, and things like that, it's it's tough as a coach because, man, you just, you know you're a better team with that person and you know the stats and this, that, and the other, but at, at some point you gotta you got to make a statement. Yeah, I think speaking of statements, um, I look at what Florida did. Florida came from two sets down to beat Texas A&M, and now they, they have really the biggest match of the week for NCAA seedings. They play at Florida State this week. And Florida, you know, got off to a slow start, and Mary Weiss hasn't playing really well. Chris Poole's got Florida State playing well. And I think that has great implications because the winner of that match could get as high as a number two seed NCAA. The loser's looking maybe to three or four. Mike, I wanted to ask you a question we were talking about earlier, and this has come up before. But, is, uh, I mean, I'll be saying Wednesday because I'm actually obligated to have the best conference in the nation. I think you have to <clears> – <throat> the top group, I think you have the Pac-12, and I think it's very, very deep. I think the the Big Ten is also very, very deep, and I think they are the two superior conferences. The conference is the sleeper conference, and Brandon isn't going to see as much, is the West Coast Athletic Conference because you look at – San Diego and BYU and Pepperdine, but then you have St. Mary's and Santa Clara knocking off teams, too, in that conference. And that conference, when they end say seeds, is going to be up there for four or five teams. So I think that that's maybe the sleeper conference, but I think the Pac-12, I think a little bit over the Big Big Ten at the top. Yeah, and I would I would agree with that as well. I think the Big Ten in years past has kind of been a grinded-out league, kind of maybe like their football style, but I think this year – it's a little bit different. They don't really have that grit to them. I'm not saying that it's not a great conference. I'm just saying it's not the conference it's been 
the past couple years, and and some of that has to do with some teams that are, you know, all of a sudden kind of struggling. I think Purdue right now has kind of hit a hit a bump in the road and can't really, you know, get things figured out. But uh, you know, I I would agree. I think uh, the West Coast Conference is is an interesting conference to keep an eye on. It has been for years, but this year it seems to be, you know, they're really making their mark. Yeah, I think when you get to the seeding, it's going to be real interesting because we've seen such a re- – even though they've been seeding such a regional championship, well, the regionals are at Cal. Stanford likely would end up at Cal, but how, who, for the way the seedings go, they can end up with two other Pac-12 teams, you know, being potentially in their region unless the NSA is going to move people around. Whereas the Big Ten, you can separate Penn State and Nebraska. I think there's a drop that between the Purdue's, the Illinois, even the Minnesota's, that they can move around to see what's going to happen. And it's going to make it very interesting, you know, when they get to regional time, how that gets put together. That's why Florida and Florida State become so big because, you know, looking at where the regional sites are, you're sitting like looking at a potential for a regional, you know, they can end up being Nebraska is going to be at their place, but Purdue's going to end, Purdue regional is wide open and then Texas is going to be at their place. I mean, you're looking at potentially a lot of home advantages come regional time. Mike, it, Brandon was Yeah, you're cutting out again, Kevin. I'm not hearing you. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I can hear hear bits and pieces, Kevin. One of the yeah. things I'll say with this uh, with this year, talking about some of the conferences, is just the Big 12 will be an interesting conference. So, you know, great matchup this past week between Kansas and Kansas State, and Kansas uh, beats Kansas State. So. Uh, you've got some teams that uh, have been on the kind of outline edge for the past couple of years uh, that I think might be able to make a move this year. Um, you know, obviously you've got Texas and Iowa State, good programs that, uh, you know, obviously kind of speak for themselves, but I will be interested to see what what a Kansas can do, uh, you know, once it comes down to tournament time. Um, you know, obviously Kansas State doesn't really get talked about a, a whole lot, you know, they're in a conference that, you know, has lost some of its luster, uh, you know, with Nebraska leaving. And so they don't really get as much publicity. But Kansas State has been in the top 25, you know, basically all year, or I think all year, and, and really, you know, pretty steady team. So I'll be interested to see them in, when it comes to turn, tournament time. I agree. What about the Illini who are 10-10? and 10? They're now number 29 in danger of not even being eligible for the postseason. Well, I think you have a situation if they're above 500, then you go back and look at strength of schedule, and they do have a win over Texas, which carries a lot of weight, and they've played a lot of good teams. And so I think a lot of it, the NCAA looks at how schools finish, and that's a, that's a team that really, if they can finish halfway decent, they're going to get in on strength of schedule. Rose. Yes. Upcoming week. You know, I think uh, upcoming week for me is taking a look at this uh, matchup between the Michigans and Purdue. Uh, you know, I've been watching this closely, trying to figure out what is going on with Purdue uh, and can they turn this around. The other matchup that uh, I'd like to see is Florida at Tennessee. Tennessee struggled a little bit, you know, somewhere in the middle there. Uh, Kelsey Robinson, who is the SEC Player of the Year last year, got benched for a couple matches, then they moved her to the right side. 
Uh, I don't know if she's back on the outside or not, but it, it's kind of interesting, you know, what's going on there. And then Kentucky is is kind of an interesting thing that it looked like they had figured everything out, and then this past weekend. Uh, they lose in three at home to Arkansas, and Arkansas is not a bad team, but uh, it definitely just didn't seem like uh, Kentucky that had kind of turned the corner. So still, you know, fighting for that second spot is Kentucky and Tennessee, and I think anytime those two teams get together, there's a you know there's you know I don't think that uh, it's any secret they don't really like each other. So I'll be interested to see how that goes. Sondheimer. Oh, definitely Washington at SC on Friday, Washington at UCLA on Sunday. Huskies have to bounce back if they're going to be in the run for a number one seed at the NCAAs. That they need to get some road victories. And for USC and UCLA, they were beat by the Huskies up in the Northwest. They need to keep those wins going because they got a chance to start running off five or six in a row going into Stanford and Cal coming in in mid-November. Very good. Thank you so much for your participation in the CBW. We'll keep working on these sound issues. We'll figure it out. Thanks, Thanks appreciate it, Kevin. All right, guys. Later, guys. Brandon Rose, checking in. Good stuff from those guys. Good information. Bottom line, if you're Florida or Illinois, you're struggling because you don't have Illinois girls anymore. <clears throat> you're hurting. The Naperville girl there, Colleen Ward, missing from the Illini. That's right, Naperville North High School. Don't just give me that silly smirk. You already moved on. You know who's in the queue. Your mind is he ready to elsewhere. go? You know, I have to go bang, pick up my daughter, show. but I'm, I'm staying so I can give this introduction She's right going here. to the office because of Todd Rogers. She's going to go to the office and wait for Daddy because this, this young man right here I have known for so many years. Uh, San Marcos High School in beautiful Santa Barbara, California, now residing in San Ynez with his lovely family, father of two. He learned the game at a young age from Johnny Lee at East Beach, went and played at UCSB where he became an All-American setter under Kenny P. Came out to the beach with Dax Holdren, actually. Started his young career, and now he will go down as one of the greatest of all time. 2008 Olympic gold medalist. Gold medal. 78 Titles That is 78 more than any of you in this room. That is sixth all time on the list. He is a Hall of Famer. He won the Best Defensive Player of the Year award six out of seven years. Suck on that, Jeremy Roche. He is known as the Professor, the Sensei. He is Todd Rogers. Raj, I miss you, and I miss us. <laughs> How's it going, guys? What's up, buddy? Good to hear. Uh, you know, doing some uh, domestic uh, stuff as I always am when I call you guys. <laughs> you always like washing run the vacuum. Yeah. Yeah. You're always washing dishes. Uh, listen, Jeremy's going to clip that little intro for you. We're going to send it to you, and every morning I want you and Melissa to wake up to that, okay? Oh, right. <laughs> uh, perfect. I'm going to put it right in my iPod. And uh, or my iPhone, and I'll and I'll play it and wake up to it. So you from the Thin Beast to the Avatar. Uh, we've had this kid on the show. He he looks like he's getting better every single time. How how much how much are you looking forward to this new challenge, Raji? I know you love challenges. I am really looking forward to it. It's something that I realized uh, over the last probably year or so that I really missed um, in regards to Phil. Is you know I mean I've kind of filled 
filled Phil up with uh, a lot of my knowledge, so to speak, almost all of it. And he's, you know, uh, a great player and now understands the game you know, probably as well as I do. And I realized that I kind of missed the giving someone that coaching advice and uh, not so much being the boss, because I know a lot of people might take it that way, but more just I coached at UCSB and then I was coaching Phil. And in the last couple of years, it's kind of been, been missing. And, um, and I really miss it. And this is a good way for me to, uh, to help a really good young player that I could easily see go to Rio and really create some waves, not necessarily with me by any means, but, you know, with someone and, I like him too, which uh, that makes a big difference for me as well. Yeah, he's a funny kid, a witty kid. He's had some great Facebook posts when it all went down, Casey Patterson, and and, and he broke up. But what do you, uh, you know? They talk about an emotional tank of a, of an athlete, Roger, who's accomplished a lot and and, and who's getting older. And people, you know, you, you start to see the end uh, in retirement's not that far off. Coach Bryant talks about it. Is your emotional tank still filled up? I mean, are you fired up to get back out there uh, next summer? I am, especially. I mean, right now I just got done with the very last exhibition volleyball type stuff for this year, um, so I'm a little worn out from the travel. Uh, but other than that, I, I am kind of fired up to see how how much uh, damage you know, young Ryan and I can do, and and see what I can help him out with, and and see his game. And because I've I've played him twice, and I've watched, and I'm like, wow, you know, this kid, <laughs> he's only been playing for less than three years. And uh, he's already you know, winning some tournaments. He beat Phil and I. I'm just kind of going, hmm, there might be something here. And uh, I just, I, when I got to know him, I realized this is a guy that I want to work with. And I think that that will help fill my tank up for sure. Um, you know, you, you guys all know, you've all played at a competitive level. Once you get out there, it's easy to get competitive and get it all rolling. So that part I don't really worry about. Uh, but the extra part, the coaching part is – what drives me a lot when we're out there training and I'm teaching and I just recognize that in myself and, and I think it'll work really well with him because he needs a, a fair amount of that teaching. How about traveling internationally, Phil? Uh, Todd, a lot of people were wondering, did you have it in you still to go internationally? That was something that Phil definitely was committed to and it seemed like there were questions surrounding your stage in life. Um, I am with uh, with Ryan. I think that uh, he needs that as far part of his just seasoning, uh, if you will. Um, I don't want to do a full boat, i.e., you know, if there's 12 events next year, I really don't want to play in 12. I'm hoping that there's a solid domestic tour, and I think that would actually be good for Ryan, too, um, you know, to be able to stay home a few extra events, and maybe all those other guys want to go out and grovel for eight weeks in a row out on the FIVB tour. I, I don't want to do that. I talked to Ryan about that and said, look, I'm not interested in doing you know, eight weeks in a row or six weeks or four weeks in a row. I'd like to go out, hit one or two, and then come back and play in domestic, hit one or two, come back and hit one or two. Hopefully be able to get, you know, our bonus pool, get enough of that. A lot of it will, too, will depend on how many points we have, how we're doing, all that kind of stuff. Um, but the way I'm seeing it is, is I just want to go out there. I want to enjoy it. I want to, you know, play as hard as I can and teach Ryan and see where, see where he can go. Uh, and if it's, if it's anything like Phil, then it should be a hell of a lot of fun. And even if it's not, I know that guy's going to be successful. i tell you right now, Ryan will be successful as a beach volleyball player. Uh, if it's not this year, it will be the next year or it will be the next year, but it will happen. Hey, Roger, I know you and Phil, uh, you know, you guys had a great partnership. You guys accomplished so many things, two Olympics, a, a gold medal. Was it tough ending it? Was it, a, a, or, or was it just a, an amicable thing where, or, you know, where you guys just said, "Hey, it's it, it's time to go," and, and the friendship's gonna gonna continue. 
You know what? It was very amicable. Um, you can kind of see the writing on the wall as we progressed. It was a rough year as far as injuries and stuff like that were concerned. And then when the Olympics came around and uh, we took a ninth and, and didn't medal or get a gold, another gold medal, um, you know, I was sitting there going, you know, this just isn't, I can tell this isn't working for him. I'm frustrated as well because I just don't, you know, not feeling the love here. So, yeah, when we got together, we had lunch. And um, actually after Santa Barbara, when we lost to Jake and Rosie, and took a fifth, I just, you know, walked up to him afterwards and just shook out my hand and said, hey, man, it's been an awesome run. I really enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, but I just want to thank you, basically. And he looked at me and was like, I agree. It was a great run. Uh, so the writing was on the wall. It was there. And, I mean, we're not stupid. So recognize that it it run its course. You know, Todd, uh I read somewhere that you said you got some, you know, interesting Facebook or Twitter things a- a- after the Olympics. To be honest with you, guys were really gracious uh, in defeat. It was nice to see athletes actually give someone credit uh, when you lose and, and, and stand up and be accountable. You guys have accomplished so much. You've won a gold. People have no idea how hard it is uh, to turn of that magnitude, and you guys just didn't have it on that day. How much did the injuries, in your opinion, and I know you said they weren't excuse. Were you guys ever right? Did you ever feel 100% this season at all? Um, no. Um, even when we won the first two events, he was healthy 100%, but um, I was still kind of getting back from the knee thing um, and going from that. And then <clears throat> I felt like we were playing pretty solid, though. And then he got hurt, and we just had a bunch of little things, you know, that he had a little ankle being, and it just seemed like little things add up a ton. And uh, I did feel at the Olympics, though, that, man, I, I, when we beat, uh, we beat Japan and um, we beat Spain and then we beat uh, the Czech Republic. And during that Czech Republic game, I felt like we were playing pretty dang good. And I, was, I really felt like, okay, now we're starting to get it back. We, you know, we've got the mojo. We've got it going on. And then, you know, we just did not play well against the Italians. And, uh, and they played great. Um, and they're a good young team, and they know our game really well. So, um, yeah, I mean, kudos to them. They 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 know how to play us. They've played us a lot. They've studied us a lot, and they've patterned a lot of their game after us. Um, so they know what we like to do um, on our front. And I like those guys a lot too. And uh, they're deserving of praise. And I think they'll they're going to be a team if they remain healthy for the next. Jeez, I mean, for as long as they want for the next 20 years or so. They're both like 20 and 24 or something like that. Oh, youth, my friend, youth is gone on us. Uh, how impressive, now that you've been to a couple Olympics, you won a gold, how impressive was that run by Kerry and Misty? It was really impressive. I mean, I, I told people beforehand, you know, people were like, well, what about Kerry and Misty? Are you, they're, not, they're just not playing that well, et cetera. And I said, you know what? I said, I agree. They're not playing as good as they have in the past, but if you bet against them, I'm willing to take that bet all yep. day long. I'll put whatever you want, whatever you want to put out there. I will take that bet. I said you just you don't don't bet against them. You know, I've, I've seen people say this in the past where oh they're not playing as well, et cetera, et cetera. And you want to take that chance? I'll take their I'll take your money. Um, no, had no takers in the long run, but uh, they ended up taking it, and I I was just yeah I was amazed. They're just an amazing team, and that will to win um, in both of them is different. But, man, it is strong. I'd uh, go pick up Millie, say hi to Melissa and the kids, and Barney and uh, Jay Roche taking it from here, bud. Say hi to Millie for me. All right, man. All right. Take care.
of the Olympic Games, and I was kind of wondering about that, what you feel the impact is of not only the Olympic Games and the attention that beach volleyball receives during that, but then also Misty and Carrie, the run that they've had. How does that translate to success, or is it translating to any sort of success for beach volleyball in the intervening three and a half years? Uh, you know, that's always been the key, right? Uh, we've had a lot of Olympic success, thanks to Carrie and Misty and, and then Phil and myself, and then also you know, Dan and Eric and Cartier Kent and Mike and Mike. Um and even Holly and Eli. So there's been quite a bit of success, and sometimes it seems like it's been somewhat parlayed. It's never been completely parlayed and, and been able to sustain it over, you know, a long period of time, like you said, the three and a half years. Uh, you know, it's so hard to say. I, I do hope that it that it um, gives it a little boost. Uh, there are some people in place, as you guys well know. You've talked to all the, the, the promoters and the, the guys that are running different, the AVP and NBL and um, – you know, Cuervo and Tour, IMG Tour, USAV, whatever it's being called currently. Um, so there's a lot of people that are interested out there. It's just a matter of kind of getting everyone on the same page and moving forward, I think. And I hope that the, the success that Terry and Misty have had will uh, trans, translate over into a great domestic tour uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, but it's just hard to say. So I, it's just hard to pin down. I've seen it now for several runs, as you guys have as well, and it never seems to have been pinned down completely. Listen, Net Live, we're talking to Olympic gold medalist Todd Rogers. And Todd, I know you've gotten more involved recently with the business side of the game, and you were at the USAV board meetings at the USA Volleyball offices. What can you tell us? Uh, any nuggets coming out of that for next year for Cuervo, the plans for beach volleyball overall, and just your impressions of what's happening with USAV? Um. To be honest with you, not a whole heck of a lot of uh, information for me to bring to you guys. I mean, there's some new board members, myself obviously being one of them, uh, Lori Okamura, um, Steve Bishop, all on the beach side of things. Uh, so I think the January meeting will be a little bit more um, – I would be after that meeting could be able to talk a little bit more about the, the what's going to happen over the next several years because all the budgets are right now trying to be put into place and – uh, Olympic funding or USOC funding, all that kind of stuff is not all. It's not all there right now. We we're just kind of talking about it in great terms, I guess, or very large terms, rather than getting down into the nitty gritty. Um, I felt like it was a pretty positive meeting in general. Um, I liked all the board members that I didn't know uh, and that I just met. Seemed uh, pretty cool people, and there was uh, I think there was four or five that were missing actually, uh, but. Um, it was good. It was kind of new to me. I didn't say a whole heck of a lot. Uh, I usually do, but I was just kind of getting my uh, my feet on the ground, so to speak, and let the uh, experienced board members talk. How about the impact of the AVP? People were tweeting the AVP is back. This they held reasonably the way we configure it here. It was definitely money being put in by new owner Donald's son, not necessarily money being accessed from sponsorships. Do you feel like the AVP is back? Do you feel like they're going to be a significant player? I feel like they're going to be a significant player. Are they back? I mean, I guess that's what uh, what do you term being back? If it's termed as, you know, 90, 95 or 2007 when there was $4 million in prize money, it's not back to that, nor will it be next year. Um, obviously, Donald could fund something like that. Uh, everyone knows he's quite wealthy. Uh, I have met him. I have spoken with him. He's a, a very nice guy. I like him a lot, actually. Um, and I think he loves this sport, and I think it's what this sport needs. 
Uh, now, whether or not um, you know he gets the right business people in place, you know that remains to be seen. So far, from what I've heard, it seems like they do, but you know I, I'm not uh, I'm not uh, I don't know all the inner workings of what's going on. But I do think having just a guy like Donald, who's got that kind of a bankroll, is it, it can be nothing but a good thing, in my opinion. Um, and one of the things actually that has always driven driven me nuts about the AVP is it is sponsor-driven, as you guys have talked about, and uh, I think it needs to be less sponsor-driven. Yes, maybe in the beginning, to get that get the ball rolling, you need those sponsors, and certainly you always will need sponsors, but how can you create other revenue streams that are constant? Uh, and so when the economy goes down, like it always does, every however many years, you have the cyclical economy, that you're not getting crushed when sponsors go, man, we just can't afford to give you two, three, four, five million dollars because you've got actual revenue streams coming in that are consistent in those rays already. So, but we'll see. I, I like what I see. I'll, I'll say that for sure. Do you like what you see in the sport overall? Um, you know, I'm kind of torn in, in different ways still. Um, you know, like with the, you know, not to revive the old, uh, old school versus new school t- type stuff, but, um, you know, I, I do see the advent of just bigger and bigger players, which bums me out for little guys. I mean, I'm I'm a short 6'2". I'm 6'2 in heels. And, I mean, around the world, that's really not that short. But, man, in volleyball world, volleyball terms, I am an absolute midget out there and in the bottom 10% for sure. And uh, in, terms of, in terms of that, it kind of still bumps me out because there's some great players out there that just don't have a shot in hell. Uh, it's just the reality of it, unless they're just – you know, very fortunate to get the right partners. I've gotten the right partners uh, with Sean Scott and, and Phil on the uh, the little court. But uh, so that still bumps me out a little bit. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I guess uh, you know, long term, we'll see. I think that uh, it's poised right now. It's had a great Olympics. Uh, you got some players in the game right now that that one love the sport or have money or you know a combination of all of the above. So. And hopefully over the next year we'll kind of be able to really maybe review this uh, in October of next year and say, yeah, wow, things were fantastic. At least that's what I would hope. Now, not to revive the old school versus new school, but maybe there's a new new school. I mean, when it comes to the rules of the game, obviously it's not going to create some seed change as far as the business. So take the business side of it. But what do you think would just be fun to experiment with in the game today if you were to run a tournament or maybe a couple of tournaments and and try and do something interesting to maybe evolve the sport? Uh, that's a tough, that's a tough question. Um, I, I do know that – what's that? could be a fun question. It could be anything you just want to see have happen. I mean, maybe you want the net to, to be lower so the little guys can really compete. I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think the net needs to be lowered. Actually, if anything uh, – on the indoor side, for the men, the net needs to be raised, in my opinion. But uh, that's a whole other story. Um, yeah, you know, I, I would love to see some different events. I know that Hans Dolphus was really high on doing, um, you know, more like a tennis style, like with different, not necessarily different surfaces, but different styles of the game, a short court game, a, a deep court, or a long court, old school game, um, playing in some different uh, venues and stuff like that. As far as tweaking the actual game itself, I don't think that too much tweaking uh, really needs to be done. I do think that just like any sport, there's constantly little tweaks. You know, the NFL brings in 
you know, the cameras and stuff like that. Even MLB with the home runs has done that. Um, you know, basketball introducing a three-point line. I mean, so stuff like that over the last 30 years, little things are happening that way, little rule changes. But as far as massive changes in the game, I just don't think that's necessary. You know, you just need to – it's a marketing thing to me more than anything. you got to get the right people marketing it, um, the right business people running it versus changing the game. Uh, I just don't – I don't think that's necessary at this point in time. All right, we talked about on this show last week the idea of athletes and doctors when they're talking about surgeries and injuries and stuff. The doctor says, oh, eight weeks or 12 weeks or whatever it is. But my experience and the experience of many people has been that it's it's more 12 to 18 months after surgery before you really feel like yourself. You're not thinking about it. So where are you as far as being 100% today with being a little dinged up in the last 12 to 18 months? How close are you to being back to what you think is 100%? Uh, I'm, I'm super close. I've been in that 90 percentile, uh, you know, probably since close to the beginning of the year, um, or the beginning of the season, actually, in April. I mean, in Brazil, I, we lost in the second round and went through the losing bracket and ended up winning the event. We played the maximal amount of games that we could possibly play. Uh, so I, I knew I was in that 90 percent. Now, is there still, like, a percentage or two? Yeah, and I think a lot of that, though, I don't think it's so much physical you probably agree with me. I think, like you said, you're constantly you're thinking about it. I think that's what it, it is more than anything. You kind of think, all right, something hurts, and okay, well, is that from this or was that from that? And you kind of just your mind starts playing with you, and instead of just going, okay, it's just a, I just tweaked my ankle or I tweaked my hammy or whatever it was. Uh, I don't know. Do you agree with that? It's kind of more mental than the physical part. Yeah, I think it's where you stop thinking about it. And I remember making a play when I was coming back from a knee surgery. I made a play where I went underneath the net kind of almost on a run after playing the ball and, and realized that I hadn't even thought about the fact that I was bending that far down and still running. And it's it's a play like that where I kind of went, oh, I feel pretty good, I guess. <laughs> and yeah, you know, no, exactly. Those plays again. Uh, and, and occasionally getting some lift off the ground where you, you jump up to a point and go, well, I haven't been here in a while. Nice to <laughs> All right, Tom, uh, did you get a chance to watch the Gardhoff commercial detailing your new partnership? So what? Uh, yeah, exactly. On our Facebook page, one of our guys, Matt Gardhoff, a big supporter of the program and a sport, put up another Todd Rogers doll video. And I don't know if you've seen previous uh, promotions with your mini U, uh, but this one actually has your new partner in it. So if you're anywhere oh, near- Okay, I have actually seen that. Uh, last time I spoke with you, I know he had put one up uh, just right, right beforehand. Uh, I think, obviously, you guys had informed him that I was coming, so I'll have to check that out. Yeah, this is a brand new one, and your partner's in it. Uh, I think there was a special doll made for your new <laughs> So enjoy that. I can only imagine. I'm going to have to check it out for sure. We really appreciate you spending a little time with us here, Todd. Good luck over the uh, the off season. Have a great time. Recover well. And we look forward to continuing to watch you play, as uh, I think a lot of people were wondering if that was going to happen. But we get the pleasure of your company next Good to hear. <laughs> Well, thanks, guys. Good talking to you as well. Thanks for having me on. All right. Todd Rogers, gold medalist and still professional beach volleyball player, joining us here on the Net Live. Good stuff. Gator nailed that interview. Hey. Yeah, the first part of the interview was much better than the second half, right? No, I always love hearing from Todd because he's very well spoken and, th- and thinks about the things that he says. Like, it's, he doesn't just say it and they're like, oh, okay, but there's been thought that's gone into it before. 
even brings it up. I like that he's involved now on the USAV side. Yeah. I, I, that's important for athletes. It was important for me to get involved that way and to understand why some of those choices get made. And while I disagreed still with some of the choices that got made, um, I understood them. Yeah. And even some of the ones that I really disagreed with before, I, I understood why that choice had to be made or why it was made. And and that's important when you're when you're 23 years old and you you got every answer in the world, uh, it's it's tough to understand what's out there, what people have done in the past, and why certain decisions are being taken by an organization. Now that said, there were plenty of things I fought for and against, and voiced my opinion. But it, it's important to be in that room, and I'm glad he's in that room. I like when he was talking about the AVP. We had talked about it this summer too, and everybody's like, "Oh, the AVP's back." And, like, what does that mean? Exactly. Yeah. I was like, what does that mean? Yes, it had events, so yes, it was back. But is it back to, you know, being – sustaining itself? And then I did find it interesting, too, that he brought up um, that it can't be all sponsor-driven. It can't be. Yeah, I wonder how you change that narrative, though. We've talked about that on this for, on this program a lot. I don't know how you change that narrative. I don't know how you do either, especially when you're not – there is no other revenue stream. Really. You're not selling anything – like product, you're not selling tickets to the event. Like at Staples Center, if some of the sponsors draw you up, you're still selling tickets to come see the team play. Tickets, food, merch. Of course. All those things. Oh, we didn't ask him about Loudmouth. Oh, we need to do that next time. I don't. I, I like stuff that goes out on the edge. Even if I don't like it, like meaning I don't like the pattern or something. Or the box. I don't like the look of it or whatever. I like the experimentation. I like. I would like to see a six-man beach event, not the six-man. Yeah. I'm talking about like a professional event. Enter your team, and you're here to win some cash money, and you get a little television and stuff like that. I'd like to see that happen. I'd like to see them experiment with some rule changes. I wouldn't mind seeing these teams play in a series over the summer that one was a big court, one was a smaller court, one had antennas, one didn't have antennas, and you get a look at. I don't know if those are the best ideas. No, but, no, I'm with you. But you get a look at some of those things that, that, that Todd even touched on a little bit when he's saying there's no place in the game for him at six foot two. Yeah. Uh, unless heels. you have just the right partner in heels. <laughs> I think the only reason I disagree with that is because volleyball is at the point where it's still confusing. Because the, the long-term goal is to bring in new fans. And the sport is confusing the way like beach, indoor, they play to different points. Yeah, but to your point earlier, a rule change doesn't make or break the sport right now, right? No, but if you're playing, it doesn't make or break the sport for sure. But if I come to an event and it's a small court and there are antennas and you're playing by different rules and then I come to another beach event a month later and it's a big court and it's different rules, it's going to be even more confusing than it already is. Does that make sense? So it's not, and I've said this before, I don't think it's necessarily the game that needs to be tweaked so much as opposed to the business side. No, 100% agree. I'm just, I think it would be fun. Because we got to think the business out of it. Because I agree with what you said before that yeah. changing the rules doesn't all all of a sudden guarantee you success with the sport. Doesn't Correct. It? It, it's meaningless. Yeah. The rules could be anything right now. Playing a big court versus playing a small court does not make the sport any more or less popular here in the United States. Correct. If you played one consistently, if you had one set of rules, you had no antennas, you played big court, the the, the net was nine feet high, and uh, you had to double tap the sand before you spiked. That would be funny. Yeah, I mean, stupid stuff. It, it may make no difference to the success or failure of the sport in the United States. I just think it would be fun and interesting for those that are in, because there are fans who are in already, who are going to watch that. And it's been, 
one hour, 57 minutes. So I was at motocross this weekend, and it, it's, it was a one-off event, this thing called the Monster Energy yeah. Cup. And they use it as a, a laboratory. They do some weird stuff with the track. They do some weird stuff with the format. Who knows if that shows up in a regular series event in, in yeah. the normal series. I think that kind of stuff could happen in volleyball, where you could have an AVP event where you had some changes, you had something different. You could have a USAV event where you had a different format, a different uh, bracket, a different structure. Let's test these guys out in some different ways. Let's give the fans some new material to talk yeah. about. Let's give the show some new material to talk about when we're discussing some of these things. Let's talk about the effect of, and I know they've done the serve clock before and the uh, the rally, or what was it, the time clock back in the day, back in the middle 90s. But that wasn't even a new that. rule. That was just because the games were lasting so long. Well, yeah. And they had to make it for TV. So they're making it different. Yeah. Let's bring back some of that. I would be all for having a one-off event like it's a big court or whatever as like a showcase because it would bring in new interest. Have an all-time server. Have a three-person team. That one one guy's just a server. That would be hilarious. You know, they bring Brian Lewis back because all he's going to do is serve. He's not even going to come in. He's going to serve and walk out the side of the court. Brian Lewis all of a sudden has a spot back in professional volleyball. Or I'd have uh, Karen Bulla just skyball. Yeah. You're my all-time server. Yeah. Throw up a double block. You could choose an all-time server. That would be funny. That would be really funny. He serves every third time. Or he <laughs> serves every time. For both he, teams. He's does, he go, does he on both sides? Does no, not both sides. Both? We're not talking like front yard football, you know. <laughs> I'm all-time QB, both sides, all-time right. QB. Exactly. <laughs> but just uh, do something way out there. Do something different. Because, again... The success or failure of the sport does not depend on that rule or that experimentation. Yeah, I just think you toe the line of making it a joke. How does it make it a joke? It just makes it different. If you have an all-time server. <laughs> it might be fun. Maybe that Maybe that one's not the, the answer. The next time you come down to the beach, you can be the all-time server since you can't jump. You're going to get a float server. And you can have, you can have next set. Server. You can be the all-time float server. That would be sweet. That's our other shirt. I, I am the all-time float server. You can only play with your off arm. <laughs> That's right. You can hit with whatever arm you want, but you can only set and pass with one arm. <laughs> oh, man. Well, We're the, possi- the possibilities are endless. Making a mockery of ourselves. Well, we haven't jumped the shark yet, I don't think. There's a weird number that's called into the show. Yeah, I, and I wondered who it was. No, this is... And that, that number's gone. This is uh, it's all ones. Yeah, it's on French fries, which means Skype. And I just got the email, which confirms who that is. Is this somebody we're allowed? Are we gonna let them on? Uh, I think, unless he is in the middle of prayers uh, and the minarets are going off, he might be able to join us for a second. Well, let's see what's happening right now. Is this Turkish Reed Pretty? This is. How you guys doing? What's up, Turkish Reed Pretty? We need an update on how you're coping. How come he didn't come on the show and say, this is your boss? (laughs) 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 How's it going? It's going great. Coping's not the right word. Um, I'm pleasantly surprised. Uh, There's there's a whole new world of... uh, A whole new part of the world has been opened, and it's... uh, Man, that's, we're, we're really happy. Eurasia is where you're at, right? Turkey. I mean, it's the, the land bridge between the two continents. Yeah, I was there yesterday. I was in uh, I was in Istanbul for the last couple of days, and we're able to travel by boat from Asia to Europe in about right. 10 minutes. 
<laughs> and uh, we checked out a sultan's palace. And, um, I mean, there's just so much history. It's ridiculous. And uh, today, actually, though, we uh, we flew to Poland for a uh, Chev match on Wednesday. But, uh, man, I cannot say enough good things about our experience so far in Turkey. I'm actually trying to stay somewhat reserved about it because uh, I don't want to get, like, too excited too early and then be let down. So I'm I'm leaving all of my emotions and feelings at bay right now and just trying to um, – Actually, trying to get healthy. <laughs> yeah, what's wrong with you? Um, you know, I took a, a flight from LA to, to Istanbul, and then, of course, right out of the gate, um, we had matches that uh, they wanted me to, to play in, and um, unfortunately, Caden didn't take this trip too well, and so we, I was up for about 40, 48 hours, and um, even though I'm just entering my peak at 34. Uh, I went out there my, my second day with the team. I, I tore a little bit of my shoulder and the fascia. So it's not super serious, but, man, it's like lingering forever. And so I've been basically a glorified uh, libero um, assistant coach for the last two weeks. <laughs> huh. uh, how does your new team look? You know what? The guys are great. And I think we've got a ton of potential. We've got a good coach. And the best part about it for me is that there's so much less of a communication barrier. And so uh, I'm, you know, I'm called upon to be more vocal and a part of the team. Uh, whereas in Russia, uh, I was just sort of show up and do my thing, which has its benefits to it. But um, this is definitely a more hands-on situation and the guys are so receptive and and want to work together and want to be a team and anytime you find that overseas it's such you you hold it dear because uh, typically you're surrounded by selfishness and and you know everybody it's like the i constantly say it's like uh an episode of the survivor you know every week uh if you win everyone's trying to take credit if you lose everyone's trying to um, you know, escape the uh, circle of blame. And so, uh, so far in the first couple of weeks here, I've been really impressed with the guys and their work ethic and desire to, to be great. Heard of the circle of life. Now I've heard of the circle of blame. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you just don't want to be in there. But typically, us as foreigners are. What's the uh, What's the weather over there like right now? Do you have to have your Arctic parka on or is it nice or what? No, it's nice. I was in jeans and a uh, t-shirt yesterday, cruising through Istanbul, Starbucks in every corner. Um, uh, my roommate, I'm telling you, these people are the most hospitable people. Uh, he just took me cruising around the whole city, and we must have seen like four or five different hot spots and enjoyed a tea. And uh, I'm telling you guys, if you haven't been there, uh, it's definitely uh, a place and place to see, and it's definitely a convergence of virtually every culture you can imagine, you know, coming right there where, where east meets west. And um, and then, of course, you've got Antalya and, and Belik, and I've only seen it on Google Earth, but I cannot wait to go there. But it looks like the Vegas Strip situated on a, um, the strip, a strip of coast with each five-star resort that's themed uh, has a at least one 18-hole golf course, maybe two, 
attached, and this goes on for a couple miles. It's just one resort after the next, and I haven't. Everybody keeps telling me how great it is, and so this could be the first year ever in my 13 years played abroad that I actually stay after the season's over more than uh, you know a few days. When are we taking the NetLive uh, road trip out there? NetLive Istanbul. I'm in. First class it's, tickets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Consider this the reconnaissance tour, and uh, I'll get everything set up. Got to get us in with the with the in crowd over there. I mean, tell them takes uh, first class ticket, five grand a guy, and we'll come do one show, two hours. Uh, speaking of first class, we I had a Rick Fox on my flight on the way over. I uh, was a little too uh, shy to to say anything, but he was with his girlfriend, I think, who's famous also. But I didn't really care about her because you know Rick Fox is, um, you know, ex Laker pretty legit basketball player, but he, I think he was on his way over here to, to maybe do some commentating for the Celtics game, which they ended up losing um, a couple weeks back. If you, I don't know if you guys saw that against Fenerbahce. But I saw a little bit of it on Friday. Actually, I was uh, watching that on NBA TV when I was getting ready for work one night. Yeah, there's tons of Americans out here. Jordan Farmar is playing for a team out here. Um, lots of female volleyball players. I can't even keep track of them all because they all play for – um, you know, in the Azerbaijan, Baku, and, and Istanbul, all over Turkey. So it seems like a, a place where they're really taking to uh, to volleyball and investing in it. And um, again, very pleasantly surprised uh, with the experience so far. Awesome stuff, Reed. Pretty. Thanks for checking in. Have fun. In- all right, guys. Enjoy. Enjoying the podcast. We'll talk to you soon. All right, Reed Pretty checking in. There's your update right there. You want to know what's happening with Reed Pretty. He's out exploring a new region of the world. I mean, he's only played overseas like 26 years and been all over Europe and Russia, and now he's uh, he's he's dabbling in Asia. I like it. Yeah. Can't, can't wait to go. Yeah, it'll be good. Profitable, too. I don't necessarily need first class, business class, and I don't do middle seats. <clears throat> Why not? You're 5'7". No. <laughs> I like when Todd said that each one of you have played at professional level. You were and he both looked very at me excited. And I was like, yeah, I, Kevin, I am a professional. You are. You have played at a professional level, but they didn't mean spinning music. No, Jeremy. Well, he wasn't specific. You definitely have played something at a professional level. Well, first of all, I am a professional. Well, un- this is what I do for a living. I'm Understood. You play records. Actually, I don't. I play MP3s. They play <laughs> records. That that one shouldn't go away. It should be like Kleenex. Well, DJ should go away as well because we're not disc jockeying anymore. Now, see, it's stuck because DJ doesn't mean disc jockeying anymore. It just means DJ. Well, it just means that if you can stand behind a computer, that don't get me started on. I saw DJ Stephanie again this weekend. Yeah, well, you brought that up before. Yeah, buddy. She works for Monster. She any good? The hottest DJ I've ever seen. I don't know how to judge DJs. Here's how you judge. Does she keep the vibe going? See, she had a little different task this time. Normally, yes, she's got the thing going in the pits, but she uh, she had a little different task this time when I saw her. She was out there doing the start music. They had kind of a start music. No, thing so going. that's that's different because you're just yeah. kind of, then you're not really DJing in that. Like when I'm doing Clippers games, I'm not DJing. Per no, se. you're 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 setting the mood, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she was doing that out in the pits. I never saw it. No. You can't saw tell her. You. I can tell you she's hot. No, that's great. Can't tell you if she's any good at her job. It really didn't care past the first part. I have Clippers game tonight. It's my ninth season with the Clippers. Right on, dude. 
Will there be a big celebration for 10 next year? Probably not. Probably Because there are only about four people that work for the Clippers know I actually work there. Well, those four people are probably left. They cleaned house with their TV staff, didn't they? Yes. Who's yes. left? I don't I don't know. Dane this year? I did not see Dane the other night. Okay. But I don't like I don't know. I've only had one game at tonight will only be my second game so far this season. So um the the Fox guys behind the scenes, some of those guys are still the same, but I don't think they have any of the same talent. I don't believe I'll have to check again to see. Like the players, like the guys who used to be former players maybe. Like um I cannot think of his name. I'll hand you my Don McLean. I'll hand you my resume on the way out. Please. <laughs> Don McLean. He used to come in when he was playing, he used to come into Houston's where I worked. He'd come in and hang out in there. You see Rambus in there too. All kinds of people used to come into that restaurant. Manhattan Beach, Houston. Yeah, I think it was one of those things where they brought in new people and they like to use their own. Because I thought Dane did a great job. Uh, Dane was great when he was on our show. Yeah. Now he has more free time to be on our show. That'd be great. We'll you have know, him sit in again. Yeah. Guest host. All right. We will have a show next Monday. That's the plan. Cool. Well, uh, we're still endeavoring to get James Lights. I know several people have asked about James Lights. And I've talked to him. He wants to come on the show. We just need to make sure his schedule works. We'll get Dr. Gervais. Uh, we have to get him before he becomes Oprah's guy. He's pretty close. Then he'll be done. Yeah, he's right, right there about to be on the O Network. But we'll, we'll, pay, get we'll him. have to pay him to be on the show. That's right. To drop F-bombs. That's not going to be good. <laughs> well, we'll try and bring him in. We'll also keep working on players. And uh, as mentioned earlier, we'll have a new ABCA segment here coming up in a couple of weeks. Be uh, be some good stuff and more great volleyball information, which is what we try and give you for most of the show, not necessarily always, but we appreciate you tuning in. People tune in for us. They don't care about volleyball. The NetLive Blog Talk radio feed is where we are located currently on iTunes. Archive shows are available there, and you can listen anytime on the website for Volleyball Mag. So I want to give a big thanks to the Spire Institute for their support of this show and the great things they're doing out there in Ohio. Check them out, spireinstitute.org. Also to Volleyball Magazine, the American Volleyball Coaches Association, Hurley and others that are supporting this show every day. Remember, you can get your Hurley shirts, valaclothing.com. Those support the program. 82 left total. That's it. That's it. 82. I counted over the weekend. All right. Order up now. Christmas is coming. Yep. And we'll have uh, more merchandise for you probably by Christmas. We'll do a new. I got next set. What was the mug? It was it was either troll stuff. Oh, yeah. Or I got next set. I'm a troll. Yeah. I'm a volley troll. I'm a volley troll. Yeah, Volley Dork could be thrown in there now that we've uh, made that one a little bit more famous. I got next is pretty It needs to be a photo of you with a Accurate. bubble, a thought bubble above it. <laughs> Me holding my ball, looking long and, 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 and I just looking at you like, no. That's a lot going on in one yeah. t-shirt. To narrow it down. We'll get Josh Glazebrook on that. Yeah. Thanks for listening on a Monday. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you next Monday. Get out and play some volleyball while the weather's still good. The best college volleyball in the country is coming to Louisville, and you'll want to be there up close to take in all the action. Cheer for every point. Witness every rally. Experience it live at the 2012 NCAA Division I Women's Volleyball Championship, December 13th and 15th at KFC Young Center in Louisville, Kentucky. Hosted by the University of Louisville and the Louisville Sports Commission. All session tickets start at $62. Visit NCAA.com volleyball to make a date with champions.